0: Welcome back for another edition of the Big Redley Podcast. We are at our... Daniel, what would be the word? I don't know. The 20th. 20th. Number big, 20. The Big 20. Podcast, We're almost te- able to drink. Technically number 20. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. Almost, almost 21. to 21. What's going on, fellas? How are we this week? Fantastic, man. How are you doing? Doing well. I'm trying to endure this bye week. Um, I don't know. Have you got? Did you guys do any, anything enjoyable on your bye week? I know your sister oh. got married. My so sister that was got married very, Friday night. Yeah. Very fortunate. And I'm getting married. Congrats. That weekend, thank you. <laughs> I'll deliver the message. Yeah. I'm you getting know, married proxy, that weekend proxy. next year. Yeah, you picked, right.
1: You know that it's not going to be the bye week It's not going to be a bi-week. It's not. Oh, you man. know what? I went into it really skeptical of a Friday night wedding, but I actually really enjoyed a Friday night wedding. It gets we, to, You don't have to worry about waking up on yeah. a Sunday the next
0: morning. If it's Saturday, mm-hmm. I liked it. We contemplated yeah. it. We Friday night weddings yeah. are cool. It'll be, yeah, look, I don't know. True. It'll work out. It'll all work out for the best. There'll be a TV at my wedding if you're coming. So there you go. Nice. Well, anybody I haven't listening? been invited yet, so. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. Officially. Nobody, nobody has. But now that we officially put it public. Yeah, I was about to say. I think our yeah. Odds anybody, have increased. anybody that's listening is coming to the wedding. We're gonna have a TV. No, the no. game's gonna be on.
2: So basically, you're saying your wedding's gonna be a tailgate. I hope.
0: Taylor <laughs> that's all does. you're saying. I hope Taylor doesn't listen. Anybody, anybody. can show up. <laughs> oh, you know she's
1: gonna shut down the TV idea real quick. Probably. not. Yeah, I have a good. phone. It's fine. Well, a phone as and long TV as are the same thing. Just I mean. send
2: out the Wi-Fi password with the actual like invite. Yeah. So that, that way, idea. like, if there's Good a idea. game on, Good like idea. you said, everyone can just... I I watched Actually, the, that sounded terrible. a little That's bit a... of
1: what I could of Louisville Live. Well, I couldn't watch it because that stupid app didn't work. Like the, the, oh, it didn't work for you? No, it didn't work. I tried several times, and it might have just been that I was out in the middle of Oldham County, but... Probably. I, I've, I tried to pay as close of attention online as I could. I just used the ESPN
2: app and then had to bury like, it was buried in between, like, soccer games yeah, and all this crap. Like, in the very, really very to... depths of hell of ESPN. Yeah, I heard, app, I heard I it was, it. like, in between
1: Barcelona versus it somebody no and then, like, Division Two women's golf.
2: Kate stopped, like, halfway through scrolling. She's like, it's not here. And I was like, I just, Keep kept, going. I just kept scrolling. And
3: then so finally, I'm like, oh, there it if is. If you do have oh, ESPN,
0: the easiest way to pull up any Louisville search anything is just if you have Louisville favorited for all the sports, oh. it'll just come yeah, up right I there. Yeah, I on do. The front well,
2: page. in... I think it's this whole ESPN Plus crap because, like, I, you know, whatever. I bought it. It's $4 a month, I think. 4 99 But, I, but yeah. I do get to watch, like, I get to watch Western. Like, I did, yeah. I would have never been able to find them um, to watch, like, them upset UAB go tops. Oh, they beat quick. UAB. Dude, wow. UAB was 3-0. I, I was telling Presley about it. They won the uh, conference championship last year, and mm-hmm. they were already 3-0 this year. I gave Western no shot. Yeah, you told to beat me them. Saturday afternoon. I thought you didn't
1: they were going to beat them. Win. Yeah,
2: I really thought it was going to be ugly, and then they came out. Yeah, on top. So it was a really good game for them. The tops on top. Helton, you know, might be doing something down there, so that's cool. But um uh, but yeah, I watching it on regardless. Just watching the broadcast of it, mm-hmm. probably I for a fact probably paled in comparison to being there because yeah. like. You had, like, Jody and and Paul Rogers had to, you know, cut to commercials in the middle of, like,
1: the men's team being down there, like, giving answers. That's what's really weird, though. If it's an online-only show, why are you taking commercials?
2: Well, that's the thing. So, I don't know. I'm sure there's, like, some broadcast. You Somebody's know, gonna pay for these that, yeah. billion dollar like contracts. And yeah. because Louisville Live was literally created last year, and they didn't, right. um, they didn't it was, do a broadcast. It was, yeah, so it was, this is the first year they actually tried to like. No, so last year you know, it, it was yeah. on TV. Yeah, last we watched year. Was it. Yeah, well, it was on the it was on the
1: same thing. It was on yeah. the ESPN app. I remember we're sitting at the hub off Frankfurt Avenue with my buddy Tyler, and we watched it on my cell phone.
2: Oh, see, because like I was there, so I didn't even know. I didn't think they had mm. enough time to probably throw that together and put it on TV, but yeah. yeah, I
1: I gotta give the people who go a lot of respect because I couldn't, I just you will never catch me at a live. I don't unless I'm in a VIP area. I don't like large bodies of people. I don't, like, people. Being that cool. I don't like it. I get really bad headaches and like like sweat. I'm a sweaty dude as it is, but yeah. I don't, that's not for me. It looks fun, but it's not for me.
2: I don't like being claustrophobic and then getting like shoved and bumped on top of that. So I, I totally yeah. understand. I'm, and I saw some of the the complaints yeah on there it were seemed like, like they were just moving people boy, for it no kinda, reason. yeah it kind of sucked like apparently the people that got there first yeah like hours early like got spots and then security were like no 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 you can't you, you can't stand there and then like the last second people they ended up spot. filling that in and they were like so the the first people that he was like i saw one uh, guy on twitter i felt bad for him he brought his two kids and they were like the first ones there is like and then by the time we kept getting pushed back by security, yeah, he was like, we were 12, 12 rows brutal. back, yeah. and yeah. the people that just showed up were, like, in the very front. Yeah. I, I, so there's, I'm, there's I'm, still a couple kings, obviously. I'm also
1: really jaded with that venue because I used to, used to do a lot of, like, concerts and stuff where I would have to go down there and work, and 4th yeah. Street Live is just not a good place for, like, I mean, look, it's a, it's a really cool place because it's in the middle of downtown. It's got a lot of cool restaurants and stuff, but to host a big event with 10,000 people, that's not the spot. No, but,
2: okay, but you have to think. As not a local, and you also have to think as like a like an eighteen-year-old. Right. Year no, old. it's, it's perfect. And so, like, if I'm an eighteen-year-old from out of town, I'm thinking, "Holy shit, this right. place is right, right, exactly amazing right. for like what for what it's
0: intended for. Right. It's, it's a perfect space. It's, it's got the wow effect with and...
2: all the lights, all the sound, like just the not the atmosphere, but like the the venue itself. Like you're saying, like yeah. typically it's not conducive. But like I said last week to to Presley, I preached it. I'm like, you know, the U can say it we love the fans, fans appreciation, mm. this is for the fans. It's yeah. not for the fans. No, it's for the, it's for the players. It's for, for recruits and it doesn't matter if people have to get sardine to stand in there and well, you know, you're going to like, do it anyway. If the yeah. recruits love it and they've gotten, you know, flying color you reviews. Know, reviews year after year the past two years and I say, you know, keep, keep it, it there. Because
0: like, yeah. you put it in, you put it in the Yum Center, it becomes literally like every other Well, and, and I think there's an underrated aspect too of having it on 4th Street is that if there's ten thousand people there, that it looks, it feels like it's like thirty thousand. Like it's, yeah, it looks because awesome on TV. Everybody's so I will give it that, yeah. packed in, close together. Right. It's an, I'll, I'll give them this. It's the most creative setup I've seen for something of its nature. I think eventually it's going to outgrow 4th Street. I think eventually the little live uh, deal is going to kind of um, be played out a little bit. Like I don't know if this year can be beat. Like I don't know next year. Like you bring Donovan Mitchell and Jack Harlow this you can, year. You can you can you
2: can beat it by not bringing the Harlem Go- Global. Yeah, I heard that was horrible. That, but the the problem for that, Louisville right that now was cringy is. On TV.
1: The, the big problem for Louisville I see in terms of trying to get like past alumni involved is two of your big NBA players right, right. now are disassociated from the program. So right. you can't bring Montrez Harrell back. You can't bring Terry Rozier back and honor them like you can with Donovan. So, right. you know, next year it's going to probably be bringing Jordan Warren back. You know, it's going to be, it's going to, you're going to have to wait for a yeah. few years to get guys into the NBA yeah. or yeah. you're going to have to figure out a way to get like, a, you know, like, like Kansas did with Snoop Dogg. Like you've got to bring in a guest or somebody right. and you have to do something like a, a concert or something that's, that's cool like that otherwise it's just gonna be the same thing if people are gonna get tired of the cool entrances and the dunk contests. like it's cool but when you see it three times you can only see it mm-hmm. three times like you know what I mean
2: but then you see Roy Williams doing the electric slide which apparently is the coolest <laughs> oh thing oh my gosh since man since like if any,
1: if anybody else did that they'd get made fun of for being right. such a loser like no, who's doing but, that dance We'd recruit ones to go there but
2: I forgot some dude on Twitter was like oh leather jacket they're like that's cool and I'm like right and what your coach did was way cooler. Right. I thought
1: the outfit was cool until you got to the bootcut jeans, then he lost me. Those jeans, (laughs) like he could have fit a whole other set of legs in the bottom of those jeans. It's like bell bottoms for females. At some
2: point, he still had to bring the dad into the outfit. Oh,
1: dude, him and – we have the most dad coaches in the world. I I will say. Mac
0: and Scott Satterfield, especially Scott Satterfield is king dad. Like I've been saying that all summer. He is king of the dad. He is If I had never met you or Scott Satterfield, he could totally pass as your father, Alex. So oh, I, I think I don't to, know for his dad. Yeah, like I, I think that that Scott. Satterfield oh, I get, like they look and Alex like, kind of have a similar persona. You do really good impersonation of. Speaking
2: of Sat being the king dad, I was, uh, I was at a potential customer's today, um, going over phone system stuff like usual. We got to talking. Big U of L fan, um, and then he told me a story, and I'm not gonna like, you know. I'm not going to tell too much of it because uh, it's Sat being a dad. But basically, Sat was looking to um, like rent a boat for, from somebody just down in Lake Nolan when he first arrived in, in Kentucky. And and so uh, this guy, his father-in-law was like, he has a cabin down there at Lake Nolan and, and a couple boats. And he was like, no, no, no. He's like, you're not going to rent one. He's like, you'll just use mine. Right. And so <laughs> apparently that guy wasn't there, but but the, the guy I spoke with was – and the one rule, if anybody goes boating in Kentucky, which I know there's a ton of people do, the one rule growing up was always you take your shoes off before you get in the boat. Right. Cleanliness 101. Mm-hmm. So
0: because this guy- cleaning a boat is really effing hard.
2: Right. So so this guy um, knew that and he was in charge of taking care of his his uh, father-in-law's boat, which by the way, I mean like you already got high expectations because it's father-in-law and like- right. I would hate to mess that up. Right. So, Coach Sat, they, like, he actually ends up coming and taking him up on the offer to, to use the other boat. And I think uh, him and his, like, you know, part of his family and I think another coach was there with his kids. But Sat, like, walked on to this other guy's boat. Oh, uh, with um, his shoes on? And he <laughs> apparently wore his shoes. And the guy was like, he was like, I was looking at, uh, like, another family guy who, who knew the dad. Right. And he was like, do I... Do I tell him? Like, like hey, he's coach, like, do it, do it, do it. Do, don't do put I your shoes on my boat. Satterfield to take his shoes off, and the other guy apparently looked at him. He was like shaking his head, no. He's like, just let it go. He's like, just let it go. <laughs> and so he had to tell uh, his father-in-law. He's like, he's like, the the boat was spotless, but um, but somebody did wear their shoes on the boat. And he goes, if it's Satterfield, that's the one man. It's okay. With. And he goes, thank God. All right. So he was Scott Free, but I was like, it was the most random Satterfield story that I was not expecting to hear today. And it was really cool. So bringing it back to the dad move. Yeah. Super dad move. I'm all about it.
0: I like that both of them like to have a good time. Like, I, I you know, when you, when you look at Rick Pitino and Bobby Petrino, those are two guys that you just wonder what their home life is like. Chris Mack is leaving no doubt. Like, right. I don't know if y'all know. I think I told you guys this, but they... I have it on good authority that they, all the coaches and their families and people in their inner circle took a giant party bus to the to fourth street so they all just like party busted up the the players and the recruits all stayed in a hotel right off fourth street yeah so they were all like right there like they were just i don't know if they i don't i'm not saying they're boozing it up or anything but they probably. were probably yeah i mean maybe. i wouldn't i'd probably appreciate it even more if they were but that's why like, I, i'm not the coach I mean, yeah i'm picturing <laughs> chris Mack in his in his boot cut jeans just Dude. like I don't know, riding the train on a party bus. Right. I but, think
2: between that and then Coach crumb, like the photo of him uh, holding a chicken, no chicken wings, wing. <laughs> and like, as he's trying to look for his blue
3: cheese during the event. <laughs> I was I, like, that's awesome.
1: I gotta say though, Chris Mack bringing his son out like made me a little teary eyed because that's like that's got like that's the kind of moment that you become a parent for is right. to be able to bring your kid to something like that and right. like he's gonna grow up. I can't wait because I know Brad Mack is gonna play for Louisville at some point. Like we we should be pretty much sure of that. And to be able to, like, look at that and then in, like, 15 years when he's old enough to play basketball, like, on Louisville's Mm -hmm. team, it'll be a pretty cool moment. But before we jump into the basketball, Louisville basketball a little bit more, Louisville basketball recruiting, which has been a topic of discussion, finally, for the last couple of weeks. And then our interview with Richard Gatewood, uh, the head coach of the prep program at – I keep calling it the prep program. It's the post-grad program Mm -hmm. at Aspire, also one of Jethro Muskinen's coaches. We'll talk to him a little bit later. But I want to issue an apology to you, Presley. You've been looking at this today, and you've probably been wondering what happened. For the last – maybe the last year, as long as I've known, reconnected with you. You have been telling me to watch a, a show on YouTube. It's called Hot Ones. You've told me probably 50 times. Hold on. Are you bought in? Hold on. Let me get there. Okay. So I've said, yeah, sure, whatever. I'll check it out. Never checked it out. Never, never intended. Anybody
0: it out. who I told to watch hot ones, by they the probably way, watched it. No, no intent to watch hot ones. I don't think I've ever convinced anyone to watch hot ones. So uh, I watched
2: the Idris Elba one. Oh, you watched it? I, I okay. did see it. That, so you, it was funny. I just didn't have time to watch yeah. the others. So, so I did watch one. You told me you know, I don't know
1: fifteen twenty times. You need to watch hot ones. I'm like, ah, okay, cool. Sounds good. I don't watch YouTube shows, whatever. So we get home from the wedding on Friday night, and we've been drinking and having a good time, and we're we order a pizza, like it's like a high school, like you, you yeah. know you've been drinking. Or sorry, college. Let's yeah, go back to college, yeah. not high school. Yeah. College. I didn't drink um, in high school. And my wife's like, hey, let's watch this show that I've been watching recently, and I'm like, okay, sure. Sure enough, she turns Hot Ones on, right? I'm like, oh yeah, Presley showed me this. Like, whatever, I don't really want to watch it now. Um, I don't know why. I was just so like, I'm not gonna watch this show. I guess I just had like just. Buckled in so
0: much that I wasn't gonna watch it. And most people do that because I think people are daunted by it's people are you don't want to watch somebody eat. Yeah, and it's like they're like all like 20 minutes long. Right. So so we start with Wiz Khalifa. I have not laughed that
1: hard (laughs) in
0: such a long
1: time. And it Good snowballed. Stuff, we ended up watching like 15 of them over the course of the weekend, and I can't yeah. get enough. Yeah. The Shaquille O'Neal one, I like legit was in just tears yeah. crying I'm over obsessed, it. I'm obsessed, dude. So I apologize for not taking seriously what you said, and I promise from now on when you
0: tell me something, I'll do it. And now you understand my affinity for eating hot wings, and Alex just discovered it. Yeah, and he discovered all of your hot, hot sauce
2: <laughs> That you haven't even opened.
0: Authentic
2: well, hot sauce so from Mexico.
0: I'll make you a deal. You bring the air fryer. Oh God. Jacob brings the chicken. I'll bring the hot sauce. Why do you
1: give me the
2: most? Okay. But expi- okay. neither, neither
3: of
1: you will have to buy anything in that scenario. Okay. Fine, air fryer. Excuse fine.
2: me. I have to bring an air fryer. I'll
0: I will. gifted bring the hot
1: sauce. I'll bring the air fryer. Oh my. No, I'm kidding. It's fine. I'll buy the chicken. You sure. realize
2: a bag of party wings at
0: Kroger it's is like, like fourteen bucks. No, it's like four. We'll we'll go. We'll all go in. <laughs> Super cheap. A dollar <laughs> got a, a kid, piece. man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I got mouths to feed. So. Let's talk about Teddy Bridgewater a little bit because I think that that was a really interesting thing that happened. I didn't watch it Sunday night um, on Sunday Night Football, but I just happened to get on Twitter and I see Louisville fans, like always, just losing their minds over something that does not matter. Mm-hmm. Teddy Bridgewater says in his little intro, you know, he did a little Teddy Bridgewater, blah, 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 blah. He says it's high school and says of instead of Louisville. And fans automatically – this is how you know Louisville fans have had it really hard the last We're couple jaded. of years. We are. They're like, what did, what did, what happened? Does he no longer want to be associated with this program? Not considering the fact that we just saw a video that he recorded for the Notre Dame football game three right. weeks ago. right? Uh, and this is actually like – I I think it is probably a small minority of the fan base and that that started this argument. But, mm. like, Louisville fans legitimately – a good chunk of them were pissed off.
0: I don't know a Which good says chunk. You? I would say – A small chunk. A, a loud – Small chunk. A loud minority. And that's yeah. how social media that's works. That's Twitter. Right? Yeah. That's what like, you should call Twitter. You think a loud it's a minority. Big mi- See, that's right. the thing. Like yeah. everyone
2: thinks it Twitter's such a bubble. It, well, it really is. Everybody like, it's, everybody it's has such a voice on yeah. social media,
0: right? Right. And so it's just seems like like if four or five people give one kind of bad take, then all of a sudden everybody just takes it and runs with it. It's like like one UK fan says something racist. And everybody's like, see, U.K. fans are racist. And U.K. fans do the same thing to L fans. Like, all L fans wear flat bills and, and – have chin beards. Yeah, which, I don't. honestly, you are a, the prototypical L fan according to U.K. fans. Well, I don't have a chin beard. So. No, no, you don't have a chin beard. But I do
1: wear a lot of flat bills. But I wear them backwards, so I think that says something.
2: You do have all your <laughs> teeth. so I, mean, I do. That, that's you do. They're not in great shape, but I do
1: have
0: them. No, you have a good set.
2: I will say, I did make the joke <laughs> in the writer's slack that uh, – you know as soon as he threw the first pick I, th- I think i was the one that was just like that's karma for
3: yeah <laughs> for how ice. dare you not I was say like, it was a
2: joke and then i actually like presley said i got on twitter and saw like legitimate anger and like bewilderment from yeah, for no and I'm reason like, do you guys even realize like one we still have a kid we're recruiting that goes to that current high school right. and have- our receiver is like our number one have, receiver yeah played there and, and like, then dude, d- the kid like-
1: coming in to Lancey's, like Good friends with Teddy Bridgewater. Like, I mean, let's not ruin the pipeline here, folks. Right. Let I'm, him I'm say like, whatever he wants. I'm saying,
2: like, I don't think the fans in Louisville realize that, like, how much that probably meant to the kids at that oh, high yeah. school back yeah. in that high school. Right. Especially so, since they know, like, the big guys they've had going to Louisville. Like, they're mm-hmm. probably aware of who Louisville
0: is. of who Louisville is. And we're absolutely. And we know Louisville fans are very aware of who Louisville is. Right. So, well, that and that poses the question: If you were a professional, anything. And you got to say announce where you went to school on T V, would you say Louisville? Would you say Western Kentucky? See that's the thing, like you're a Louisville fan. If you played uh I don't know, if you played uh tennis at Western Kentucky and you're you know I mean you you are a huge Western Kentucky supporter, as it is, Alex. Ooh. Um
2: no, yeah, I mean you're a pretty big huge is I mean me. I've I've met some actual like how you guys don't think an actual WKU fan exists. No, I mean, I don't, don't think met, anybody's ever said no, that. No, 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 I've, I've met one in terms of, like, not being a fan of UK or L. on top of that. Just like, only WKU. Yeah. One guy in my fraternity at Western grew up in Bowling Green and is yeah. only a Topps fan. I mean, it's it's, it's a town. There's 200,000 people that live in that area. I'm like just it's saying not, it's a rare breed to only be right. a WKU because typically you either come from, like, no. Lexington or Louisville or wherever. But...
0: Um, anyways, what, would, what so, would you say? Yeah, it, it, So if you were a tennis player and you went on to the, to the U.S. Open and, and you but, wanted them to talk about... Here's the other thing It wasn't right.
2: his first time Starting a football game
1: The dude has done Those intros he said Many 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 times many time. Before Has he played on Sunday night football Or Monday night football I think that's a statistic Yeah, that would be well. yeah For the Vikings I'm sure he has Yeah, yeah I'm sure he has sure. He was only the starter there For what two years Three years before he got hurt, yeah, but he de- he definitely said Louisville. Yeah, I, I think that would have been a memorable thing. Right, but thing.
2: Louisville fans have like amnesia. In no, short, because it's, when it, well, it comes they want to wanna, they want to hear it every time.
1: Exactly, they want it to be that like they want it to be him saying Louisville Teddy Bridgewater. Like start with Louisville first <laughs> and then say his name.
2: I think it also has to go with like the the momentum, the the actual current Louisville football team's trying yeah. to create on in terms of on the field and in recruitment. Mm-hmm. I think fans and because of the whole I guarantee you there's still like because of the whole basketball recruiting right. like, was really slow so far right fans are just like we need we're in a mood We yeah we're in a mo-. that's a great we're way to mood. put it yeah. right. we're a we're feeling some type way to of it. way right now yeah because honestly if recruiting was going great for football if recruiting was going great for basketball like no one would probably really care what yeah, Teddy said yeah. but because like People are freaking out about the
3: basketball recruiting. People yeah.
2: are freaking out how we're gonna finish this class. You know, are we still gonna be in the thirties or, you know, top thirty for recruiting? And then Teddy on top of that, well, he doesn't even like us anymore. He disassociated yeah, himself. Right. I'm like, I mean, wow, that was quick so, assumption. Yeah, I put
0: thought into this. I mean, I I and I know you do too. I have a lot of pride for where I went to high school. And I know oh, that's I like, do not. No. Y- you don't? No, I do not. I so- told
2: Kate Seneca was a prestigious high
0: school <laughs>
3: because, because she's not from Louisville. So. Right. So she has <laughs> no
1: idea. She's
0: like, oh, so it's Trinity and then Seneca? You do. Well, no, I mean, like, like, you went to high school. Okay, so if you think about it in this way, you went to the same high school as Rajon Rondo. Yeah. Remy Abel. And, yeah. And all these guys that you kind of, like, sure. grew up around knowing. Right. Like, you know, you're still proud of that fact. Like, I'm still proud of the fact that I went to mail, like... I didn't enjoy high school. Like, I don't sure. think high school was a big, big deal for me. The same thing with, you know, I played golf at Spalding University, which nobody knows who that is. So right. I always thought about that. Like, if you were a, if I was a PGA Tour player, you see all these guys, they have like college right. week and they wear their college colors and stuff. What I feel would like i have to wear Spalding. Yeah. Yeah, because right. I
1: went there. Right.
0: But you also went to U though. So, I, I mean, graduated from U of You should get one of the shirts that are split in two. So you have like a blue oh, side God. and a red side. No, see, like, but that's the thing. I think that anybody who knows me knows I'm a U of fan. Right. I don't think, I think probably 80% of people who know me do not know that I played golf in college and would not give a crap. So I think it'd be kind of a cool.
2: I'm going to make Alan create a one-of-a-kind shirt just that says, you. this golden eagle runs red. Oh, and it's I just not it. going to make any sense at all <laughs>
0: to anyone else except for us. I remember – do you remember uh, – I, I remember a sermon from Dave Stone like 10 years ago, and he tells his joke all the time. Uh, who's the pastor at Southeast Christian. He said uh, when he first moved to Louisville, he saw these bumper stickers that said, I love male bulldogs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I never thought of it. That. That's actually really funny. He had no idea. But anyways, yeah, so – I don't, Intra- it's an interesting conversation. Yeah. I think on a scale of one to 10, it's like a zero. As oh, far as
1: it's a, 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 it's deal. a negative
0: two. But the funny part, somebody
1: said this on Twitter. The ironic part is we're in a town where everybody asks where they went to high school and nobody right. ever talks about where they went to college. And the first time somebody says something about where they went to high school, the little friends are like, no, you do not say where you went to high school. You <laughs> only say where you went to college, Teddy.
2: I think it's also, we're on a bye week. People yeah. people get very, very like yeah, it, antsy antsy during the bye week.
3: Yeah. It's
2: all
1: right, let's let's um. There's a lot to talk about Louisville basketball wise, but let's start with Louisville basketball recruiting. Obviously, we know Louisville Live happened on Friday night, and that turned into a commitment from Jay Scrub, which I don't think anybody had that on the radar as being nope. the first commitment because Not of the whole quickly. NBA, the NBA aspiration. You thought and, he was going to be the last commitment, exactly right. right. And exactly and honestly, I think that he still is. Like, I mean, technically, he's committed, but yep. he will, he won't. I don't know if he'll sign in December. I, yeah. I think that's going to be really interesting to see. I don't think so. The thing about signing. I he's not going to be I, I think that he's made it very clear he's not going to another school. it's Louisville or the NBA, so maybe he does sign, but we really won't know much about Jay Scrub in terms of will he wear Louisville red and black until the NBA draft withdrawal date and that's the big worry now the, the thing is is fans can finally just breathe easy like the, the first right. recruit is there. I'm tired of everyone chiming in, yeah, but he's not really coming like, we don't know we honestly yeah, have no idea the
2: neg- the immediate negativity behind him announcing his commitment baffles the shit out of me because of a couple things yes everyone's aware it's either you know louisville or the nba mac probably told him like i believe he did tell him very clear we'll help you we're we're gonna treat you like every other kid that's gonna test the waters this year on our team we're gonna send you through the whole process i think that's really important because he does care about him but people also fail to realize like when one kid is the initial, like, jump in the pool, you know, like, just like last year with Nickelberry, all it takes is one dude to jump in. Right, exactly. And, and Jay, Jay's already actively, like, an hour after he committed to Louisville, he was actively on Twitter. Right, recruiting other players. Hitting up. Breakfield, hitting a, uh
1: Davon Smith. Yeah, yeah Davon. I mean, all I mean like,
2: are... all, the, all the kids that we've been talking about for weeks that, you know, are, are, how deep are we in on? Like, do we have a really good shot? It doesn't matter. He's already going after them as well. So even if he does go to the NBA, if he helps pull this entire class together, that's still you know, yeah. that's still something. Like you still helped our program, even I think if you be, didn't step foot on the court yet.
0: Yeah, it, It's a big deal in and of itself because I think even if he removes himself um, from the situation, and I, I think he should. I think he'd be stupid too. If, if he is getting guarantees from multiple teams that they're going to draft him with their first pick. Um, I think there's a really good chance that he goes. Uh, I'm not sure if that's going to happen, um, but I, I, I I'm, uh, I'm definitely, I'm definitely not going to be super. I'll de- I'll be disappointed. I, I, but I don't think that I'll be like devastated by any means because I think at that it's point, reality. Yeah, it, it's he's that good. I mean, like mm-hmm. that's the thing. And, and right. me
2: and I, I know we had uh texted back and forth quite a bit because uh over the weekend I saw Ethan at the uh, at the open run. And it, that was awesome. Like watching, watching, um, like Brakefield and Lander, right? Scrub just all going at each other, especially Brakefield, um, and Scrub. I mean, those two were paired up against each other uh, quite a bit. Brakefield and, and Scrub were. Yeah, and it was yeah. it was awesome. And I mean, like Lander, impressed me way more, um, as a as a junior in high school than I thought he would. I mean, like the dude held his own. Probably scored the most points on the court. During yeah. the scrimmage, uh, I mean, he's just a natural, like, walking bucket, really. So, uh, I, I don't
0: know if you were, Jacob, but I was super disappointed I couldn't make it on Saturday. I just woke up yeah. very sick. And I was super disappointed,
2: a... too, since I was standing in line by myself.
1: Now because... you were with Ethan. We saw the picture. No, he was with, okay, the picture you saw <laughs> lasted
2: <laughs> maybe 15 seconds, and then he went back to the cool kids. He and didn't Jake know you. Yeah, he didn't Which, know Which, by the way, if I was in Jake Weingarten's, uh, what am I thinking of? Circle? Circle. circle i was thinking entourage his, his yeah entourage is the right word yeah. probably the kid walked up with like a crew and yeah. ethan ethan was apparently slacking in that crew but either way um <laughs> yeah i mean i made friends along the way it was fine but i was really there just to watch
0: so to watch w- the basketball I was no, i'm say, also sorry to you i, I know, know. It's, it's been, fine it's i didn't already wake
2: apologize. up until like
1: 11:15 the next day when you let me tell you this all right you two can you can just confirm this in a few years when you don't have a child at your house after having that child at your house every night since the day they were born for the most part and they're not there the next day, you take advantage of it and you
0: sleep. I get that. <laughs> I do. I do that with my puppy. Right. Exactly. Yeah, is, I 100% understand. I do not hold any ill will against you. And I would say that both of us are probably sick for completely different reasons when we woke up That's on, probably on correct. A Saturday morning. That's right so. correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I was going to say, if you didn't get a chance to see it, um, there's some great video on YouTube. I can't think of the guy's name. Frankie, Frankie Vision. Frankie that's Vision. The, that's the
1: company that does it, yeah. Okay. So I don't, don't like a think company. that's an actual person. Well, so that that that's what
0: I've always thought, like, this Frankie dude is busy. <laughs> this dude is getting videos of everybody. Like, I think he was in North Carolina. Frankie's and Lively, everywhere. And shit. <laughs> Anyways, there's, like, 11 minutes on the Frankie Vision account of the scrimmage. Um, I was most impressed by Scrub and Lander, to be honest. Like, And, yeah. and if you guys haven't got a chance to, to check it out, definitely give, give a, at least a few minutes... Um, take a few minutes to watch. Yeah, because the, the highlights from the scrimmage. I just I, have
2: like random like fifty-five second increment
0: clips that right, like make are, no sense. You got like I, a comprehensive highlight
2: package. Right. No, I watched it last night, and that was it. Was way better. Um.
0: But I was really impressed with Lander. I mean, that dude has a quick release. Like, yeah. He is. That, yeah. His
2: IQ though was not. I mean, like you're talking about kids you've you've virtually never played with before right. before the scrimmage.
0: And I mean he fit right in, dude. He was dropping dimes. It was
2: awesome. I mean, yeah. and he was also making some really nice shots too. Like what jumpers, you, three pointers, like here's he's my not question. afraid to shoot so the ball.
0: Obviously Jay Scrub, he looked like they played with the entire for the most part, almost the entire Louisville team. Yeah, Scrub almost played and, the whole time and, and he, he looked thought, like the dude. I thought he looked better than Warren Williamson. I thought he was the most athletic guy yeah, on and, the floor. But again, uh, there they could be shading to him too and letting him you know, kind of take over and, like, experience what it feels like to play with this team.
2: I also think people forget, too, that, like, the actual team... Is already on the team, right? So right. like a, a scrimmage to them, like they're yeah. like, oh, we we already have, we know we have. Practice He's like, like trying on. out to be like yeah. part of the. They're the like, squad. well, we have practice Tuesday. You know, like we're gonna we're gonna run, we're gonna run some scrimmages, but we're not gonna go like.
1: Well, and they also know that that's stupid. for the fans. It's not for them. Right, right? Yeah.
4: exactly.
2: But it's also a chance for the potential recruits to really show something of themselves. So yeah, to to Presley's point, I'm sure they did probably, you know, like pull back the reins a little bit because you could tell mm-hmm. like war was still making shots and doing dunks and doing cool things but like they weren't going you know like a hard plunger. yeah they weren't going hard because obviously if somebody got injured during one of these like right they did never everybody would be pissed yeah what did you, what
0: did you think about and we, we can leave it to this i guess but what, what did you think about uh brakefield there wasn't much. I didn't see much on him. He, he kind of didn't seem like he was like super. And again, when you're running, when you're running, you know, five on five with no plays yeah, or anything, it's exa- kind of hard to get involved. It's
2: all just a bigger just guy. One big street ball, yeah. And th- so he had some really good moments. Mm-hmm. I was, like Jay, Jay was like the most consistent, right? Like sure, I but mean he's dude, gonna be the guy that has the ball in his hands, right? But I mean we're also talking like no one thought Scrub would be playing defense during a scrimmage, and he swatted Fresh Campbell couple times Multiple and they came times, out of yeah. nowhere i think for either breakfield or lander like somebody tried to do like a um a little jumper like a layup and he came out of nowhere and just like yeah, denied I it it was not a couple that is um but yeah so like breakfield had some really really good moments mm-hmm. and i right. think i think to your point it all comes back to just
0: comfortability with like right how he's gonna how be more of scrimmage. like a in game system guy like right you know? I,
2: I think if you actually put him on a team with organized basketball five on five, I could mm. I could he was already fitting in um decently I guess during the scrimmage with the guys he was with. The one guy that that I knew probably the moment kind of was too much for him at the time um was probably JJ Cause he JJ looked, J.J. Trainer. Yeah, he looked, yeah. he looked pretty stiff, but he also looked nervous. Like you right. could tell, like, he was hanging out on the wing. He for wasn't. Sure. Other guys were like trying to drive yeah. in, like bang up on each other, all this stuff, and he was just
0: kind of like timid. Like you got to think playing, playing in a smaller town in Kentucky. Right, that's the thing. That's, this is that's a big time crowd for him. That's I mean, obviously by far the best players that ever played. Against, yeah, big time so.
2: crowd, but also like elite athletes.
0: Yeah. Yes, are the nine other guys. Yes, like you,
2: you got one guy right. trying to vibe to get on a pro team in coy and he almost played the whole time as like the uncle trying to run court with like the cousins there,
1: you know, like he so, looks like he's like 40 or years the old. The funniest thing is Alex sent, sent us the picture of his notes and the, <laughs> the thing that he wrote about Akoi was still, you, what you, was it still old, really sweaty?
2: Yeah. I mean, he was, <laughs> but he was even like, he was, uh, I will say I got a good laugh at that. If you're talking about crowd engagement, like he made everybody feel at home because like mm-hmm. he would be the one like yelling like just random funny stuff, right. like yelling at the uh, at the stands, like just making jokes, making people feel comfortable. Um, but the best part, is I think, on on the one guy's like eleven minute scrimmage highlight video, mm. they showed where he like swished like one or two threes. A koi. Yeah, and it was awesome because I bet in, he's got some eligibility left. In reality, he probably shot like five or six to begin with. They were like air balls right. from threes, <laughs> and the ones that actually made it on the tape were
0: like the swish. I thought it was interesting they showed. A lot of a koi, like they showed probably like if you added up like a minute and a half of a koi, and I was like, no offense to a koi, but I'm trying to check out what this team's looking like. I just yeah. feel
2: bad they couldn't even give the dude like a like a shirt. Like he just showed up in like this like dark beige like V neck, and they're right. like, all right, well you're just running that, and I'm like, yeah. no one can throw him like. A Louisville shirt Or an Adidas shirt You gotta earn your dad
1: status You can't just Yeah you don't just show up Ready to roll You don't show up (laughs) in dad status We treat our alumnus
3: Very well (laughs) It's really interesting Get your own shirt
1: I, I I think there is, you know, some serious I don't want to say concern, but I think that obviously the NBA is something that we have to be worried about. And Louisville's history of getting players to come to Louisville when the NBA in the picture is I think they're over, right? So you have Amir Johnson, you've got Sebastian Telfair. I know things didn't work out with Anthony Simons for other reasons, but you put him in that list and now Jay Scrubs. I think Louisville fans are just really worried about that. Right. But I, I think to be honest with you, if Jay does come and he does play for Louisville, he will be even if Samuel Williamson comes back next year. Jay Scrub will be the number one guy on the team oh in terms God. of like yeah. right away.
2: If Williamson came back and Scrub came back, like good guy, like I don't even want to think like yeah. that because so, that's not gonna happen. And but
1: that, you're right. But let's let, here's the question. So I, I think that and we all can probably think in our heads of the one guy we're talking about here. But there is a very I, and I will go very large chunk of the fan base, not that small minority with a loud voice. There is a large group of people who are very concerned that Louisville's recruiting class is not going to be good because they missed on DJ Stewart and Caleb Love. Mm-hmm. This class doesn't have to be good. It doesn't have to be – I'm sorry. It's going to be good no matter what because Chris Mack's not going to go out and just land a bunch of two-star guys. He's going to yeah. get some really good four- and three-star guys. Oh, yeah. This doesn't have to be a – class. if you get Jay Scrub and you get him in and he plays and you get Samuel Williamson back, there's your two first-round picks on the roster already mm-hmm. not even to mention you bring back Darius Perry you bring back Malik Williams you have a bunch of those freshmen that come in or sophomores with a year under their belt right and then it allows you with the rest of your class to be really picky about finding the right role players right mm-hmm. and the
2: fact that like a couple of the kids for 2021 like uh
1: like ask you and Christian uh, Lander Zion Harmon Zion Harmon a yeah. had a
2: really really good visit because mm-hmm. he was at Louisville Live. Um I mean, obviously, uh, Christian Lander like yeah. apparently had an amazing visit yeah. and, and really loved his experience here. So you're already, and, and I think we talked about it last week between me and Presley. But like the one thing Chris Mack didn't have that he that he couldn't make up time when he got to Louisville because like a lot of these elite recruit like yeah. Louisville doesn't understand a lot of these or some Louisville fans might not understand. That like these five star recruits, like it takes years oh, yeah. of like, less, com- constant conversations yep. unless, unless
1: you're Duke or North Carolina, right. and then you swoop in and you steal them. Which you yeah. can
2: you can yell, scream, cause a big hissy fit all you want because I've seen it on online. That's just the reality. Right. That really is that. That is honestly the current reality in basketball recruiting. Right. And people just have to deal – and, and Max dealing with it. Like you just have to
1: he deal is. with it. Right, and I, I told you this this a couple of weeks ago, but I, and here's a perfect example of this. So in college basketball recruiting, you do one of two things with five stars. You get in a year or two early. You build the relationship with it. It's an unbreakable bond. The kid loves you. He doesn't want to go anywhere else. He commits. You build a relationship with them, but you don't have enough time to get it to that point, and in comes Duke in North Carolina, like Caleb Love, like DJ Stewart. Potentially ask you. Yeah, I and mean, they're, Louisville, or they're Duke, North Carolina, they're Kentucky. You see it with Hunter Dickinson. He's a seven-foot, five-star kid. He's seven-foot-two. Louisville has been in on him for a while, even at Xavier, because uh, Mike Pegues played at DeMatha High. That's where Hunter plays for. Hunter, has cut, Hunter Dickinson has cut his list to five schools. Duke offers him on Saturday, and now it's like, oh, well— he's going to do. Did like, I say five schools? six. They literally, six, they literally <laughs> just in, offered bad. him no relationship with him in terms of maybe you know, hey, we're, you know, we like what we see so far. We're going to, we'd like to see a little bit more. They come in and now they're the favorite. That's just right. how it goes. Like, that's the thing. You had Louisville fans, I understand that because of what we saw last year with landing Samuel Williamson, landing Aiden DeGahan, but you have to remember those guys did not have those offers. They did not have those offers. Louisville has historically started with guys who are in that 50 to 100 range who end up climbing late. And that's what you saw with Samuel Williamson. Samuel Williamson wasn't a five star last year until the very end. So, this year you strike out with a couple of those kids. That's fine. Like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen Co- every year.
2: Coach K reminds me of the guy that gets back from his Taco Bell run after getting drunk at the bar at 2 a.m., texts the girl, you up, yep. and she actually shows up. Yep. Like, that is literally That's a what, great analogy. what Coach K did. That's his recruiting pitch with Hunter Dickinson. You up? Like, it's, I mean, literally, he probably looked at his roster and he was like, oh, yeah, we might need him." sooner.
3: Hey. Yeah.
1: Here here's a
3: here's, a here's another
1: great example of with Duke. Henry Coleman is a four-star big guy. He's in Richmond, Virginia. I've got a coworker who is a huge Virginia fan. Loves to tell me about all these players. He's been telling me about Henry Coleman since the day I started working at the company that I work for. And sure enough, Henry Coleman ends up at Duke. It's just a thing. Like mm-hmm. it's like if yeah, somebody's married or they're dating a girl and they're really serious about and then name xyz instagram model walks in and they're like hey you want to come with me most of the time they're probably gonna be like yeah sure that sounds good for louisville they're just gonna have to be that the next tier of really pretty girls who can ch- continue to try to, to 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 earn their way at getting these these top players i mean that's just the way it is and look i'll be honest with you jay scrub is just as good as half of the five stars in this class Easily If not I I think you and I Had this conversation The other day Like he legit Could be a top five Player in the class But he's a juco So he's automatically Hit that four star They don't they don't give five stars to Juco players. I was about
0: to say, so did you see they just bumped him up on Rivals and 247? Yeah, I mean, he's three a star three-star. I mean, he's a three-star. The kid league.
1: averaged 20 points a game. He's six foot six, 220. He's an elite athlete. Like, he has shown that he in, that he is a five-star player.
2: Well, I saw they had him at a 90. Is that the latest? Yeah, so that's okay, – that's because that's been at that for I like, believe, probably like a week and a half, two weeks. Or
0: okay, so I, this is my first time kind of checking into both, the, no, both I, of those sites I on might him.
2: stalk. Two four seven. Yeah, you seem like one and, of those guys. Yeah. I fine.
0: mean,
1: Ju- they don't even have him. So two four seven does it two ways, but his he doesn't even have a composite rating on JUCO. No. He's a four star now, finally. But but even
2: like a flat ninety is like and then a slap in yeah, the face. and then
1: you look at his offer sheet of what they show. It's Louisville, Cincinnati, Memphis, Alabama, and Alabama State. They like, just
0: they just don't keep up with the, the recruiting. No, the JUCO. At all. I
1: mean, we talked about this in football. JUCO is just a completely different ball game of recruiting. You just really don't know what you're getting, but. I firmly believe that if this kid is ranked as a top thirty prospect right now and then in, in as an NBA draft prospect, you can't tell me he's not better than a good chunk of the kids in high school. He's well, got experience, what he's was got the, a college ready body. Like What
2: was the Evan Daniels tweet that basically said um if he was like in the twenty twenty class or whatever yeah, or like technically yeah. he'd be like a top fifteen yeah. like level And I believe it.
1: I one hundred percent Yeah, for sure. I one hundred percent believe it. I
2: have a question for you guys. Okay. So everyone, everyone like fans, recruit or not recruits. That's the one that we don't know. Mm. But like even the experts and everybody are convinced that like Askew and Lander, like arguably the the top two point guards in 2021 right now. Yeah. If one of them commits to, if one of them reclassifies to 2020, the other will automatically be the number one point guard. Mm -hmm. Everyone's convinced that these guys are reclassifying to this class. Yeah. But the two actually people that decide that are still saying no, we're not. Right. But well, like
3: no one
0: believes. So them. you have to think about it this way. It's there's a lot of like ins and outs. It's not just like I'm gonna reclassify and that's it. Like you got to think about the logistics of how much, how many hoops they have to jump through, and how much homework and classwork they have to do. Yeah, so, I mean, there's a
1: certain formula. I remember I saw it was in an athletic article this week. There's a formula that they have to hit it's a lot of work it, and the thing is is right now they could say i'm not on track to be that but we've right, seen right. guys literally i mean this past summer there was a five star center in Fala dante who ended up going to oregon he was class of 2020 and he ended up jumping last second because you have the summer you have these online classes now like it's not hard it, it, you know i don't know if you guys ever went to summer school but i always loved summer school because in college because a class that normally takes you however long a semester is is condensed into like a four-week period. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you like uh, – yeah, it's a little bit harder because it's so fast. There's not as much time, but you get it over with. And I think right. that that's what reclassifying is. The reason why I think that they're going to reclassify is just look at how the schools are recruiting them right? compared to other 2021 kids. I mean I know you want to get in early with them, but like to to for ask you to be taking all five of his official visits right. as a junior in high school, right. that smells of I'm reclassifying.
2: Well, and he's going to announce soon like yeah. he's announcing like either this week
0: or next or right and, like and super soon a so year like, is such a long period of time in your development from age 16 to 17 and 17 to 18 like yeah. that's so um to me like to answer your question i guess your question was just like do we buy into the fact that he's not reclassifying no not at all i mean i i think and i think there's a few other guys too i I know we mentioned Lander and, and Askew, but there's one there's other guy. There's plenty of them. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know specifics off of that class, but there's right. plenty of them. There's, I mean. there's one other guy that's in Louisville's, on Louisville's radar. Yeah. who's a 2021, 20, and they've been going after him pretty hard. And I cannot think of what his name is right now. So yeah. Um. Well, I mean. But regardless, th- yeah. there are lots of guys out there. Um, who do you guys think who's next? For me, I think it's JJ Trainer. I think so? that they're gonna. I I don't know
1: any of this, and Alex, thank you for pointing that out on Twitter that I don't know this, but. I have no idea. I know JJ Trainer is taking a visit on Thursday, but he's the 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 connections with his dad being Jason Osborne, his coach being Boo Brewer. Like everything points to him playing for Louisville, and Chris Mack has been. I mean, they visited him like twice a week for the last two months. So I think that they know everything that they need to know. I think he's one of those kids that you see it at Duke in North Carolina a lot for the five star players who are like borderline five stars that they're waiting and waiting and waiting, and they get the offer and they
0: commit right away. To me, I think he's going to commit when he's here, but I don't know that. So, and and I, I agree with you. I think it's either gonna be JJ Trainer or or Davon Smith. Mm-hmm. Is it Davon or Davion? I don't know how to say it, but I it's got it's the Dave I before the E. I so. think it's Davon Smith. Um, regardless, I, I with with Trainer, um, we've heard so many like mixed reviews, right, on Trainer. But I think that it'd be interesting to snag a guy who has a chance to develop under what Louisville has. It. So this guy comes in um, next year. He's potentially you know, there's potential for a red redshirt. Um, there's potential for him to, you know, play sparingly. And, right. and, but, but the point is he gets to play and practice against all yeah. of these guys who are going to be, you know, really, really good. You know, right. I, I think that next year at this time, a guy like Traynor playing behind Quinn Zlizinski, or playing behind Malik Jaylen Williams, right. Jalen Withers, yeah. um, it, you know, the, the list goes on. It, there, There's so much talent on this team that a guy like him would be a perfect mold for... Um, number one to kind of just keep that pipeline of homegrown talent exactly number number two he he can just kind of take his time right they don't need him to be with that team coming back next mm-hmm. year if he does commit they don't
1: need him to be a star right away but let me put some perspective onto his recruitment because if you remember last year quinn lazinski just kind of came out of nowhere mm-hmm. he commits and fans are super excited like oh my gosh it's a diamond in the rough like mm-hmm. he might redshirt but he's gonna be really good he reminds me a lot of luke hancock he's six foot nine and he can shoot the ball mm-hmm. he also was louisville's second to last commitment jj trainer would be louisville's second commitment so it's a difference of a player not ready to, like, Louisville fans, the perspective of when he commits versus who else is committed. Like, right now, only Jay Scrub is committed, but it's a soft commitment because we're not sure he's going to come. Right. So, Louisville fans are like, oh, so JJ Trainer is the top priority? Well, he's not even ready to play yet. That's not a good commitment. We're slacking. Whereas last year, everybody was super excited about the Exactly. It's yeah. all about perspective in that scenario.
2: Right. We've already gotten to the snootiness standpoint after one recruiting I know. class. That's so, the,
1: we were spoiled, man. Like, we shouldn't we, have even been this good this Last quick. year, if J.J. But now JJ that Trainor, we are, I'm allowed
0: to yell about yeah, it. Like if, if J.J. Trainer was in a 2019 class and he was the first commitment, people would have been like, just, like you said, uppity about it. Just like completely... Um, I'm sorry, they they would not, they would have been opposite. They would have been... Right, they would have been super... Again, it's all about the timing of the commitment. Like,
1: I was really, I I was kind of on the fence about trainer just because, you know, his recruitment took off really slow, but, you know, the the thing that really sold me was him jumping from being an unranked player to being in the top 75 in a matter of a, a couple of months, and then the quote from that that I used in the article when, when writing about the next commitment Evan Daniels said he's pushing six foot eight trainer has wide shoulders a lengthy wingspan that stretches to seven foot two standing reach of nine foot one in the 36 inch vertical he's thin and needs weight but his physical makeup is oozing with potential
0: mm-hmm that's I mean
1: might take two years, but would you rather have a player that's you know really you really need, really good? You don't or, need a guy
0: that's ready right now,
1: right? You don't because you have Sam Williamson, you have Jalen Withers. You have you, you know Jalen Withers is the JJ trainer of this class along with Quin Slazinski. Like these guys need a year to progress, but again, it's perspective. Last year, Louisville didn't expect to be in the running for a lot of four and five star players, and they ended up doing it.
2: Right. The only thing that really, the only thing that legitimately does kind of concern me from a realistic standpoint is that if if lander doesn't doesn't reclassify mm-hmm. um and I know everyone like everyone's already like talking about because like askew's already about to go on his official u k visit i think um so like that's already got people up in arms, but right. like Mac is really really in on a couple of these kids, and like we just said um uh, especially since uh God my brain's going to mush especially with Lander being, mm-hmm. you know, an Indiana kid from Evansville. It is really intriguing because he will be the number one point guard in 2021 if he doesn't reclassify. So oh, you already you already yeah. know for a fact, that, just like Jacob just pointed out, UNC, Duke, Kentucky, they don't have to be in on these kids early.
3: Nope. They, they just have to be want.
2: on them, period. Whether that be a month, a week, I mean, it doesn't matter. So it does concern me if he doesn't reclassify. You're basically giving – Every other elite program, you know, a twelve, another twelve months to basically right catch up.
1: And, and you've already used that a uh, well for the the case of Ask you've already used that official visit, so you right. can't do it again. Yeah, Christian Lander has been, I think, both of his visits have been unofficial. But
2: then again, I mean, like that's Chris Mack has always been a th- the theme of facing expectations head on, whether it be this year talking about how good the team's gonna be like he doesn't back down from expectations he doesn't try to like beat around the bush and give himself excuses and all that stuff so if they if they want these kids they're gonna have to beat out some of these elite programs every now and then yeah And, and i think they're him and his staff are expecting to which is exciting but i think fans are just like on edge about like when's the first recruiting battle like when's the first one we win Right, you know, like who who is that going to be?
1: Yeah, and that's going to be really interesting. I think that uh, you have a couple of I I wouldn't even put Lander in that scenario yet because he doesn't even have like anything outside of Indiana, Michigan. Like he's not got the big big. I mean, offers. he grew
2: up a Michigan fan. You know, they're talking about like he wants to stay close to home, so people no, are leaning toward to Technically, yeah, but. technically. Well, that's the uh, thing, yeah. and the fact is, Archie Miller even going to be there next
3: year. But right. I didn't say that. Is Jawan Howard not even me. a good
1: coach? Like those are several things we don't know. Whereas Louisville's proven. All right, we're gonna take a quick, t- quick break here, and then we're gonna we're gonna talk to Richard Gatewood about M- Jethro Musketon, who none of us even mentioned. No. I think that he's a very, very real option at, at the center position for Louisville if they decide to take a big man, which we don't know mm-hmm. if they will or not. Uh, but I'm interested to hear his thoughts on, you know, what happened at Louisville Live, how that went, how, the visit that it, that Jethro has tomorrow. And then Osco, I think it's going to be worth talking to him about J.J. Trainer and some of the, the talent that we continue to see in the city of Louisville kind of leave because the big programs don't take it seriously. With him being a coach in the city of Louisville for a long time, I think he'll have an interesting perspective. So we'll see. Stick around. All right. Let's talk a little bit of basketball recruiting. It's been a busy couple of weeks around Louisville with the Cards picking up their first commitment over the weekend in Louisville Live. And uh, now we'll bring in Richard Gatewood, who is the head coach of the post-grad program at Aspire Academy here in Louisville and also a close family friend of mine. Richard, how you doing, man?
4: Doing good, man. Thank you guys for having me. Let
1: me ask you this. About eight years ago when you and I met, did you ever envision that you would be on a podcast with me interviewing you?
4: <laughs> no, but everything – works out for a reason right i
1: know and it's really funny
4: Um, no i did not
1: friday night we're getting ready for now my brother-in-law's wedding and richard and i are sipping some white And i'm like hey man come on the podcast i think it's perfect time he's like oh yeah
4: man all right oh man well you've got one kid and i've got three right
1: right and every time your kids come around i'm very thankful that i've got just the one crazy one
4: exactly exactly
1: all right man well let's let's jump into it a little bit for the people who don't know who you are you are now the the head coach of the aspire prep program like i said or the post-grad program you were previously the head coach at taylor county um and more high school and assistant coach at jaytown uh, as well as the the uh-huh. prep program in south carolina is it 22 feet academy in that right Yes, sir. All right, and now you are the 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 coach aspire. You coach Jethro Muskinen, who is a name that Louisville fans have just become familiar with in the last couple of weeks. Tell us about him. Tell us, you know, how things have kind of come into play the last couple of weeks, where Louisville has gotten heavily involved with him, and and where things kind of stand right now.
4: Well, it's been a good problem to have. Um, you know, he he's a great kid. Outside of being a, a very talented basketball player. Um, it's kinda been a blessing in disguise for the whole program because he's you know, he's helping bring in schools and you you all know how the business works, you know, even if that school doesn't recruit uh other kids that we have, they might have know somebody that's looking for a kid or a friend because you know, college coaching's like a cult. So and they'll make a phone call for that kid. But um it no, it's been good, man. It's been a, it's been busy, but you know, he's kinda he's kinda blew up and we've we've been working the phones for him also to help him get as many options as possible. Um, but you know, it's like you know, once, once we got Louisville in, um, you know, it, it was a good situation because we've been telling you know, Coach Mack and the staff the whole time. He's a Chris Mack type big. You know, he's a 6'10 kid that is an elite rebounder. He's a pick and pop big. Um, you know, he's got to he's got to tighten his handle a little bit. He's got to make a little bit better decision with the ball. His body's good right now, but it's not college ready. But once he gets in a college weight room, it's over uh, to simplify it because he will get in there and work um but yeah I mean man he's he's just an even better kid he's you know he's had Memphis Louisville uh Kansas has been in Kansas State has been in like four or five times in the last two weeks so you know it's a it's a good problem to have we're you know we're just trying to build this thing up and and get it going and Jethro's kind of helping us keeping it going
1: in terms of his play on the court how does he compare to some of the other bigs that you've coached I know the one that I know is Zach Price but I you know there's been several others that you've had but Where where does he kind of rank in terms of, you know, the better ones that you've had?
4: Well, I had Mama Diara, He's now he'll be a junior at Cincinnati. He played for me at 22 feet. Um, I mean, he's one of the better bigs I've seen just because he controls what he can control, and he controls the backboard. I mean, he rebounds outside of his area. He is an elite rebounder. And, I mean, here's the thing, Jacob, is that, you know, you can drill rebounding drills with kids, but until that kid gets the will to go rebound, they're just not going to get it, and we don't have to tell him to go rebound. He goes and gets it, you know. So, and, you know, if, if you're a Lowell fan, you know what Chris Mack likes. He loves his digs, you know, with rebound. He loves them being physical. He loves them being able to run the floor. Uh, that's one thing he does extremely well also. I mean, he can run the floor with the best of them. So, um, I mean, he ranks up there very high because, I mean, he's a hard worker too. Uh, you know, he's very coachable. Um, You know, so and he, he picks up he picks up things pretty fast. So he's got a pretty good IQ, but he's not the perfect player. Like I said, you know, I mean he he's got to work on his handle. He's got to get a little tighter. He's got to make a little bit better decision with the ball. His body's got to get a little bit better. But as far is an elite rebounder, big, and you know I coached to AAU this past summer. I haven't seen a big the rebound that like he yet. I mean he just he just goes and gets it.
0: Well, wow, it's really interesting to hear, Richard. So so when we're talking about his recruitment with Louisville. We know he was at Louisville Live on Friday, right? So, what were his thoughts um, about? I I guess it was an unofficial visit, but what were his thoughts regarding uh, Louisville Live?
4: I mean, he absolutely loved it. Um, He was talking about how the fans were, you know, following him on Twitter and Instagram, DMing him. They knew his name. I mean, he he was kind of like shocked, and I was like, "You're in Kentucky now, (laughs) you know?" (laughs) So, you know, look. Louisville basketball, Kentucky basketball, you know, just to be honest, they're nuts about, you know, their program. And I told him that and I said, you know, it's big time here. And I said, wait till you go to a game, you know, here in November, December, and when you see the yum, but he's actually going on another unofficial, uh, tomorrow. So he's going on an unofficial tomorrow with the staff. He's going to see, you know, meet with them personally so they'll have a little bit more time and see everything, go down to the yum center and whatnot and actually get to see it and walk around. And, uh, you know, he's super excited. You know, I, I mean, you know, if I was, You know, a betting man. You know, I would definitely not bet against Louisville right now. You know, I would say Kansas and Kansas State are the leaders, just because, you know, Kansas State has kind of been there right from the get-go, and Bruce Weber's done a, you know, phenomenal job with him so far, um, in Kansas is Kansas. You know, even though everything's going on, but you know, you know, I definitely would not bet against Louisville.
1: You mentioned some of the Big Twelve programs in your mind. Is this a is this Big Twelve versus everybody else? I mean, I know you said Kansas and Kansas State, but he's I know in his offer sheets he's got Texas Tech and a couple of other programs down in that area, which I believe he's from Kansas, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, do you just kind of feel like this is a kid that's the Big 12s to lose right now?
4: I I completely agree. Um, you know, it's not good for him being in Louisville <laughs> for those other schools just because they can team as much as they want. You know, and he's right down the road. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would, I would, I would say that's a good observation of it, you know, just simplify it because he's, you know, he's right from that Texas, Kansas area. Uh, he went to Sunrise Christian last year and he played against the number one player in the country. So, you know, he kind of got some exposure, but didn't. But, you know, I think this year he's going to be able to really show what he can do. Um, mean, he'll be, he'll be a double digit rebounding big, you know, he'll average over double digits. There's no doubt about that. Um, but yeah, I would definitely say, you know, he's the big 12 to lose.
3: You've
1: been coaching for quite a while now, and during your time as a coach at J-Town and Moore, Taylor County, 22 feet, you've had a lot of players who have gone and played really good Division One programs. Just for you specifically, what's it? What's your approach when that you take with kids when you're dealing with coaches and helping them find the right
4: fit in their recruitment? Well, you always got to look at what they got coming back. You know, I mean, every kid wants to have the opportunity to play right away. But, you know, we always tell them, you got to go out and earn it. Um, you know, you're not just going to be handed to you. So we always tell them, look at where there's, a, you know, a place that you could possibly play right away. We also look, what are your goals when you get to college? You know, do you want to go, just try to go to NBA? Do you want to try to go play pro ball overseas? Or do you actually want to play in the NCAA tournament? You know, and, and we get different questions like that with them to the point where, you know, hey, you know, if you go to this school, you know, there's a chance that you might not play in any NCAA tournament unless you win your conference. And there's a lot of schools like that. But you know the schools that he's got recruiting necessarily don't have that problem. Um, I think it's more a fit, being comfortable with the head coach. Um, you know, just just all things around from style of play, uh, what they have coming back. You know, we we try to tell them from every angle to look at it like that. And then you know we try to prepare them in our own way where you know we're hard on them. You know we're not very easy on them. They you know they go 6 a.m. workouts here. Some of them go to school at Holy Cross, the high school kids, and our post-grad kids take classes online, you know. I mean, so they're going all day long, and they don't really have a lot of free time. We try to tell them, you know, it's going to be like this in college. You know, you're going to be going two or three days. You're going to be going weight room, conditioning, study hall, practice, sleep. You know, you're not going to have a lot of free time. So we try to tell them, you know, it's a business at the end of the day, and those coaches can get fired for not winning, and, you know, they've got to take this seriously at the end of the day.
0: It's interesting to hear your approach and kind of something from uh, your perspective as as some of these college kids as head coaches in the recruitment process. Um, one of the big recruitments that um, obviously you're pretty familiar with working with Chris Mack, um, going back to your roots in Taylor County when you coached Quentin Gooden, who was a great player for him at Xavier. Um, what was it kind mm-hmm. of like interacting with Coach Mack? Um, do you think that his interaction with, with you guys and his recruitment process is different now than it was um, back then when he's recruiting Quentin, or is it kind of he's just been the same guy that he's always been?
4: Same guy he's always been, man. Just very genuine, um, down to earth. You can talk to him. Um, it's not about him; it's about the kid. Um, you know, and a lot, and that's the problem with recruiting and that's why a lot of guys in the past didn't get guys is because they made it about them Where mm-hmm. Chris is about Louisville basketball, you know he's about the city, he's about the fans, he's about the kids, so I would say you know he's just kind of a little older and a little wiser, maybe and um and all his selling tactics, but I mean right. he's still the same guy, you know um he's he's all about University of Louisville, you know he doesn't have all these outside distractions on he's a basketball coach, you know, and at the end of the day. You know, that's what you want to send your kid to. Um, you, you'll know he'll be in good hands.
1: You've also dealt with Rick Pitino in the past, having him recruited David Sloan when you were down at Taylor County, and uh, as well as obviously with Zach Price at j What's the biggest difference between those two? I think a lot of Louisville fans are curious just because the recruitment is still really high level, just like it was when Patino was here, but it's a completely different process and a completely different style. So give us kind of the synopsis of the, the things that are the same. What's different between those two guys?
4: I mean, Chris is selling the program at the end of the day. Chris is not selling Chris Mack. You know, he doesn't have to sell him. Um, where Coach Patino, I mean, you know, when you've had a lot of success and it's, it's just different styles, you know, he tried to sell how many guys he's gotten to the NBA and, you know, what guys he's coached that, you know, that were all Americans and or McDonald's all Americans that he's coached, you know, so it was kind of a different sale where, you know, I mean, Chris is, Chris is about the University of Louisville at the end of the day. Um, he's about getting kids in here, getting them better making them better, and then trying to get them to the NBA or whatever their dream may be after they get their degree. Um, so I would say that was the biggest difference between Coach P and Coach Mack. Coach P was more, you know, this is what I've done, this is what I can do for you, where Coach Mack is just – I mean, he's selling the young, he's selling the fan base, he's selling what he's already got there, and he's selling the program. So, I mean, it's – you know, he's he's got a good situation going. I would just say, you know, little fans have got to kind of be patient uh, because Rome went built in a night. You know, everybody's screaming Final Four this year, and they will have a great team. But I think long term, uh, you've got to love Chris Mack and where he's going with it because he's more like Coach Crum where he could be here for 30 years, win two or three national championships, and, you know, get this thing going in the right direction.
1: All right, you'll have to follow me on this because this is a kind of a long-winded question. But as a, as a guy who has coached in the city of Louisville for quite a while now and, and seen the talent that's come out of this state in this city – one of the things that's been really interesting for me to watch over the last few years is Louisville fans start to kind of turn their attention to wanting to land local kids, whereas before it was we want the best kids no matter where they're from. And, you know, obviously we saw a guy like Keelan Martin get out of the city of Louisville and go on to have a great career. Uh, same with Dwayne Sutton. Ultimately, you know, he transferred back. But with Keelan Martin, Louisville fans at the end of the day were kicking themselves that Patino never recruited him. When it comes to... Uh, a guy like J.J. Trainer specifically, who plays at Bardstown, I know he's got the Louisville ties. And compared to some of the other kids that you know you might hear about outside of the city of Louisville, in your mind, does it make more sense to spend time recruiting out of your own backyard, even if the kid might take a couple more years to kind of come along, um, versus letting them get out of here and ultimately regret it later?
4: No, I completely agree because too many college coaches want the finished product right now. Um, you know, they, and that, and that doesn't matter what level of division one it is, you know, some guys just don't get it. They think they should get the finished product right now, which means no, you know, there's never a finished product. There's a kid that he can always get better at something, you know, when you're working on your craft. So my biggest thing is, is, you know, yes, you've got to get some in-state talent to stay when you have it in-state. David Johnson is a prime example of that. You know, there's not too many high major kids that's coming out of the state of Kentucky every year just to simplify because the talent level is down. And that's no knock on our state. It's just we're a smaller state at the end of the day. So we're going to have a high major kid, you know, once or twice every, you know, three to four years. You know, for David Johnson, you know, it was Quentin Good and David Sloan. Before them two, it was kind of really race balling, you know, far as a pure high major kid, you know. But I completely agree. I mean, you've got to keep some of these guys, especially, you know, I mean, J.J. six 6'9". He's very skilled. He, You know, he's another year or two away because – You know, I coached in that region, so he'll get away with a lot just because of his size and his athleticism, Uh, but I mean, no, I mean, he would be a no-brainer for here. you know, his dad played here, so, and, you know, Chris has got a different type of personality where, you know, he just wants you to work hard at the end of the day, you know, if you're not working hard, trust me, he's going to get into you, but at the end of the day, you know, when you're playing with effort, he can make up for a lot of mistakes, and that's, you know, that's like his mantra is just, you know, I want these guys to play with the effort, and I want them to come in and work hard, and no, I completely agree. You've got to keep in-state talent because you don't want to, I mean, Keelan Martin's not the only one. Shelvin Mack, you know, I mean, there's been a lot outside of Louisville uh, that's kind of went elsewhere, but Wayne was one, though, too, that when he came out, you know, I actually called college coaches for him, and nope, and it was amazing out of West Kentucky, Murray State, Northern Kentucky, and Moorhead. Nobody had any interest in that kid, and then he goes UNC Asheville, freshman of the year, mm-hmm. they win the conference, and then he transfers back, and he's having, you know, one heck of a career. So, I mean, he's you know, he's a prime example of you know you got to take a chance with some of these kids every now and then. Just simplify it because you know they're in state, they've got some talent, and they played on the shoe circuit. So, I, and I think more than anything, it's more evaluate the talent. You know, so it's hard to evaluate talent in Kentucky, like I said, because the talent level is so bad. Where if you come to our practice, you know it's an absolute war because you've had you've got Division one and high Division two kids all through the program. So if you don't come ready to play you know, you either going to get better or you're going to get your butt kicked at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So you can't really duplicate that in the state of Kentucky um, on a high school front. You know, even when I was at Taylor County, I had to put David and Quentin on opposite teams in practice every day just because I wouldn't have got anything done. Um, and, you know, other high school coaches go through that with their better, you know, their elite players. But, no, I completely agree with you. We've got to stay in state. We've got to keep kids like Keelan Martin in state, Shelvin Mack, I'm sure Scotty Hobson's one you, you know
1: Woods I'd one. be remiss without yeah. naming Remy Abel and Cameron Woods like those are the two kids that I R- saw Remy get away Abel, man
4: Cameron Woods absolutely you know I mean you, you've had, Cameron Woods is definitely I mean he had a great career at Butler and then mm-hmm. Remy finished out at Xavier you know so Absolutely. I mean, you've got, and you're not going to have a ton, like we talked about. You know, you're not going to have a ton, but you know, once every two years, you you definitely got to keep him in here. But David Johnson, man, he's the one that's going to be special. So.
1: Yeah, and, and we'll get you out of here on this one. I know you, you and I have talked about this a couple of times throughout the summer. But Jay Scrub is a kid that you've known for a while. You've known his dad for a while. You've worked him at some of the camps that you've done. What, what can Louisville fans expect out of him? You know, you hear that Juco tag a lot of the times, and, and fans are like, well, that's not as sexy as a five-star or a four-star. But in my opinion, we talked about this a couple of times, I think Jay Scrub is arguably one of the top five kids in the country, just specifically based off of where he's, where he's been and some of the things that he's achieved so far. But in your mind, what does he bring to the Louisville program?
4: You're getting a McDonald's All-American type elite talent as a Juco player is what he is. I mean, he's 6'5" he's a lefty he shoots it well he's got a great body already you know you're getting a kid that that's ready for the college game you know where sometimes when you get some these mcdonald's all-americans even though they're still high school kids they're still not ready you know and they're, they're thinking one and done and they're they don't they're not thinking about the process where jay's had to go to juco for two years and absolutely grind it out um but no man i mean he's got a chance to be a pro and he knows that and his dad's kind of kept him level-headed you know i've watched him play since he was in the eighth grade and you always watch these kids, and you can tell if they're gonna be special or not. And you know, he was one of them growing up. You're like, man, if you know, if he sticks with it and keeps his head on straight and continues to work at it, you know, he can he can make money one day playing the game. And bull fans definitely definitely should be excited about that one because that one is a great gift for the staff. There's no doubt about that.
1: All right, man. Well, I appreciate your time. Uh, thank you for coming on talking with us. Hopefully, we'll be able to talk soon with news of uh, a commitment from one of your players. Um, but if not, you know, it, it's all good. So, Richard, thank you so much for your time. We'll talk to you soon, man.
4: Absolutely, man. Love to have you guys around for practice soon.
1: Anytime. We'll be there. Thanks, Coach. See ya. All right. We're back on the 20th episode. I cannot believe we made it 20 episodes.
0: It took it's us actually – technically it's like 25. Like, we've, we've had a few in between. We did a little, few mashups. We did. Yeah. This yeah. And that. I guess you could yeah. probably
1: get us like 24, 25. We're
0: experienced podcasters now. Okay.
1: We are. You know what's really interesting? My work. So I work for an advertising agency here in Louisville. And today they came to me and they're like, You have a podcast, don't you? And I was like, Yeah, I do. You know, I don't ever talk about it because I don't want to be the guy that's like, Do you hear my podcast? Because, you know, that those people exist. <laughs> yes. Like, well, we have a potential client that uh is interested in potentially doing some
0: podcast work
1: and uh we just don't really know what to do i was like are you asking me for help yeah i feel pretty proud that must mean that i'm an official podcast you're a
0: podcast guy now
1: i am so let's talk football Bye week is over which is great because i don't know about you guys but i Woo. hate bye weeks i hate not playing on like if it's basketball season i hate not playing on a saturday if it's football mm-hmm. season i hate not playing on a saturday right
2: mm-hmm. i miss being uh stressed and frustrated about <laughs> about coaching interviews, about who's going to start and mm-hmm. who's injured, and worrying about those kind of things.
0: I got to say, I got way too much work done this week. I know. I was like, I my, know, bl- my blood
2: pressure was too low. <laughs> like, everything just felt too, like, relaxed. I was like, no, I need to be stressed right now right. about
3: sports.
0: Right. I've gotten so much accomplished this weekend, th- this week. What'd you get? What's the number like, one thing you got like accomplished? It just, like, small, like, Cleaning small up poop things. off the bottom of my shoe? Yeah. I'm... Yeah. Sorry. That's all right. For the second time.
1: I know. You got to stop pooping
0: everywhere, man. <sighs> And it, yeah, I mean, just uh, just a bunch of like random, just like small tasks I just got. Presley has him. aged. I have ten I have, years. in, in the
1: baby, last two months. I have months. baby gates in my house since yeah. he's had you this do. dog. You do. You also. Was, he also had to take his trash out, but he doesn't have trash bags, so he just took his whole trash can inside. I <laughs> took the whole trash can.
3: <laughs>
2: there's only so many things you can do in adulting as you're growing up. You know, like right. You, you had such a productive weekend. He's gonna miss. There's always a couple cracks in the floor. Something's gonna fall through. Yeah. But if that's the worst that happened. Right. It's okay. Yeah. Well,
1: this weekend, Louisville's got Boston College in a game where they are favored for the first time. You would know this because you wrote it, and mm-hmm. I couldn't find it today. They are favored for the first time <laughs> since,
0: <laughs> since I think it's been 344 days. ACC were,
1: competition,
0: is yeah, that correct? It, it favored in, in ACC competition yeah, slash power against Power 5 teams. Yeah. It was the game where they just got kind of absolutely smoked against Wake Forest last year. Oh for some reason, they're right, three-point that's right, yeah. favorites. And nobody thought they were going to win that game. No, I, I remember the one thing about
1: that game was when Louisville got a third down stop, the entire audience, the entire crowd stood up and cheered. It was amazing. Cool. It was the the best part of that game. And then yeah. Matt Colburn proceeded to run for two hundred yards. I'm
2: shocked Vegas already like gave us. I know, the, right? Because like Vegas should still hate us right. from last season since we basically cool. like.
1: And what was the spread last week?
2: Two weeks ago. Uh, what was the fourth FSU? Yeah, it, it was, it was uh, like, no, 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 no. It was, it was six. Eight,
3: eight. Did they cover it? Eight. No, no, yeah. they didn't cover the spread because for the we, first time. We lost season.
2: by 11 yeah. because we threw an interception in the red yeah, zone. Yeah, so that was a that was but, huge... But
1: Forest State covered the spread, correct? They
2: co- yeah, I thought okay, you were talking no, about Louisville. I was asking. I was like, him, yes. no, no, no. Louisville was, right. was 3-0 against the spread. Right,
0: on the season. They got that kind of backdoor. I think the game was much closer than it appeared. Yeah, it was some bull crap.
1: Maybe they figured out a formula where Louisville is going to win. That's
2: the thing. It looked like... Everyone that watched the game knows it was closer than 11 points, but it yeah. does suck when, you know, a garbage time touchdown or anything else happens. And right. Yeah. So they it is did. what it is.
1: But Well, they've got a very winnable game at at home, a 12-30 game, the first nooner of the season with great weather. 77, I think, is the high. Best weather of the season. I, and I was about to say Outside that, too. Outside of Notre
0: Dame. Notre Dame was spectacular. It was. Notre Dame was really good. However, tailgating was – It was really hot, It was yeah. – We were we were steaming.
2: I was – Pissed about the twelve thirty tip off until I didn't I didn't realize that we were gonna have like mid nineties yeah they're going the, into October right so the fact that we do have a twelve thirty kickoff that that actually that's when the cool front is supposed to hit right is like the night before I'm all for it thank God yeah it's all for be it nice.
1: well at Boston College is coming off of a loss to Wake Forest before that they had uh, won. I think two in a row, three yeah, beat, in a row. They, they beat lo- Rutgers, lost Ver- to Kansas. Yeah, but they lost oh, to, or they beat Virginia Tech, and then yeah, got yes. blown out by yeah, Kansas. Yeah, they didn't lose to Kansas. Yeah, they, they got
2: embarrassed
1: at home. Yeah, uh, this week I think that it, the the big the big thing is going to be whether or not Louisville can get the running game going again. Boston College is 100, I think it's like 119th in the country in stopping the run. They gave up over almost 200 yards a game on the ground, which spells well for Louisville for once. Right,
2: it does, but is it not eerily similar? Boston College, like their their trajectory right now going so far in the season is super comparable to FSU because w- when you look at it, everyone the first couple you know, first couple games everyone's like, Oh god, like this is gonna be an abysmal season for FSU mm-hmm. and then they played Virginia close. And then people were like, Well, yeah. you know, like maybe they started getting their stuff together a little bit and you know, we we still thought we had a really good shot and, mm-hmm. and we did. I mean, I think that's still Louisville's game that they they left on the table they, no could, have, they could have easily right. won that after they came back but you get blown out to to kansas at home mm-hmm. and i think they were supposed to be favored by like 20 something like
0: yeah they were favored by like 22, 22 I think. 23 yeah. yeah
2: and then they got beat by 22 or 23 which right. is insane uh but then you go and play a ranked wake for, was ranked they weren't, ranked, for- they weren't this
1: ranked, but they, they were ranked last was, week. Wake they were Forest ranked, was, yeah, because yes. they're up They've to like two weeks yeah. up yeah. to like,
2: I think they broke the top twenty.
1: I think they were twenty-two last week,
2: and now they're up to eighteen or something yeah. like that. So, so no one, like everyone, basically thought like Wake Forest was just going to have their way with them. The the way Boston College's defense is set up, and the way Wake Forest has been just a juggernaut on offense. I take that
0: back. It Wake was, Forest was not ranked. No, so they were was, they were unranked, and that there was Virginia who was ranked. Wake Forest was unranked, and now they're ranked 22nd.
1: Okay, nonetheless. Continue.
2: Nonetheless, everyone thought Wake Forest was just going to have their way with them because it was a bad matchup, and then Boston College comes out and and actually gives them a game that they should have tied at the end. Mm -hmm. I -hmm. think it came down to basically Boston College was about to kick a field goal. Uh, Some sort of flag happened or something
0: weird. There's um, like a um, false starter legal formation. Yeah, and then yeah. they kick it again,
2: and then they miss. Mm-hmm. And right. And then yeah,
0: and then it doesn't go into overtime. So
1: sounds familiar. Right. Hmm.
2: But my point is though, is, is is I'm I'm ecstatic that we're favored for the first ACC game in however many days, and there are so many stats to point out and glaring issues that Boston College has as to why Louisville should win this game. But does it make you a tiny bit concerned that they did mm-hmm. really seem to get their crap together against a very well-run Wake Forest oh, team?
0: It's not a tiny bit. I'm legitimately concerned. and It did make me perk up quite a bit because would... the,
2: if they wouldn't have played Wake Forest close, mm. I would be way more relaxed about talking. Right. Like way more just like, yeah, we're going to run the crap out of them.
3: Like,
1: I want to interrupt this to read you this quote, and I want you to tell me if you know what coach this player is talking about. This has nothing to do with Louisville, but this is too good to pass up. Kay. Here's what it says. It says he's like, get your hands up, be ready to fight, be ready to take a lick in the face. And every single Saturday in the pregame speech, he punches himself in the face, hard as shit. I'm going to say Ed
2: O because he went on record saying he has like eight to mm ten Red Bulls a day. And I can see a man that has
0: that much. Just by the judging by your face. The picture
1: is fantastic. It's just him being Coach
0: O. Anyway, sorry, I, so I just thought that was, was too gonna be like Related, it. and I was, thought it was going to be Steve Adagio, which I would believe that too. No,
2: they were doing a bet today on uh on the Dan Levitard show about how many Red Bulls at o consumes a day because they actually found it on an interview. So they were asking like the yeah. all the guys that were in there, like how many do you think? And the guys like, dude, as old as he like middle-aged like getting up there, he's like it's probably not healthy for him to like to have more right. than three. Right. At least and he's like and even then you're probably pushing it. And then they played the clip of Coach O was like, "Oh, I will probably have about 8 to 10." per day <laughs> and they're like oh my god they're so like I, that man's heart maybe is like, like once a month
0: steel. i'll have a sugar-free red bull like i keep keep them stocked up sometimes in case i don't want to make coffee in the morning yeah. and taylor will find them in my fridge and throw them away what? like she gets so mad that's hilarious when but i get red bull she's a nurse i get so. it from a nutritional standpoint right. but
2: also i would be pissed from a financial standpoint because yeah, they're, they're red expensive
1: bulls,
0: yeah red right. bulls aren't yeah like, how dare you throw away my drink uh, but, I'd be yeah.
2: like, okay, babe, you owe me like four dollars.
0: Right. So, yeah. Just saying. She used to like steal her boss's monsters,
1: and we're gonna have to um, have a talk about personal space of what you do and don't do. There's to people. A, there's One a, of yeah. them is take. That's like when somebody goes in in the office when they go in when Michael knows that they've been lying about where they were and Michael goes in and he eats their lunch. <laughs> like you don't do that. You don't eat somebody's lunch and you don't take somebody's Red Bull. Who eats? Taylor.
3: Children's lunches.
0: Taylor, you just got called out so hard.
3: Yeah, we're going to have to have a
1: talk about that. I love it. All right, let's go back into talking about Boston College. I'm sorry. I, I know that I just completely threw that off, but yeah. Coach O is a legend. man. Like, yeah, God, that's amazing. Punches. I would love to see him punch himself in the face. You guys are way
2: more focused than me because I just threw out like a
1: – I thought your computer was dead. Oh, no, I have two
2: laptops today because I have a – yeah, How do we miss conclusion. that? Oh, when did
1: the second one come out? I, thought, I
2: didn't even notice the other one went away. We missed the yeah, transition. The Lenovo died, and the Surface comes they out. They look the exact same. Well, you, you have a work-issued laptop, sure. and I have my personal one at home. Sure. I just forgot the power cord for the personal, that personal one. one. right? So good thing we've done this 20 times right. because both my computers are logged into Presley's Wi-Fi. There you so go. Okay, so fantastic. There Thank you, go. God, for 2019 technology.
1: So with Boston College, I think the most interesting thing is going to be – what happens at quarterback because Scott Satterfield said on his press conference Monday that Malik is back and he's been running around and he looks good, but that he's still got a ways to go. Talking about Jawan has come a long way from where he was, but he's still got a long way to go. He kind of I don't know if he contradicts himself or misspoke, but he you know, he makes you believe that one is further ahead than the other, but then he comes back later in the press conference and said that the other is further than the other. So it leaves you to say what happens. I mean yeah. Malik's injury we didn't really get to see what happened, so we don't it's kinda like the first one with his knee. Like it was just a freak play. We don't know what happened, but it looked you know, apparently it was bad enough to be out for a week and a half and then with Juwan, mm-hmm. he's been out for three weeks. So who do you guys think is gonna play? I mean, I know you're not doctors, I'm just you know, in
0: terms of who if they're both healthy, who do who do, do you start? Go, go ahead and go on record for saying who yeah. starts. But uh, yeah, we
1: can. I mean, we can add it back in. We'll so, add that in the production. So I later think.
0: So, but what would you do? What would you do?
1: Let's do it I, if you're th- Scott I think it's got to
0: be. It's got to be Juwan Pass. You got to... You, you don't think so? Uh, no. I mean, uh, I'm gonna I, give
1: you 30 seconds to tell me why he should be, and then you can give 30 seconds ooh, of why he shouldn't be. I like Juwan this idea.
0: Pass has demonstrated the ability to make all the throws that's that are needed to open up this offense. Um, I think that even in his first two games that he actually got to play, I think that he demonstrated that he can do that. Um, the timing and, and stuff was a little bit off. Um, now that now that the injury stuff is servicing, um, I think that we're seeing potentially a reason why. Um, I think that if Louisville wants to make a bowl game this year, which I mean you have to win this game. and in, in order to, in yes. order to do that, you have to put your best your best option out in the field. I, I think that's pass. Yeah. I think that you know Cunningham brings a lot of, uh, an interesting dynamic to the table. But if you look at last game, Cunningham had five yards rushing on 17 plays. That's 17 wasted plays. You can't have 17 wasted plays against ACC teams. You just mm-hmm. can't. Um, so for, for that reason, I think that, that Puma is at least going to get the ball out, out of his hands. He's at least going to be a passing threat, and then that opens it up for the running backs. You saw the running backs took a huge hit in the last two games because they didn't have um, the threat of, of throwing it down field. Obviously, you had one from Conley and one from Cunningham over the top. And then you had another one from Cunningham against Florida State over the top. Um, but those were more so due to the receivers than, than really getting thrown open, I, I think. So. Your time is up.
2: That was a very that long That was a lot. I Sorry, know. I got distracted by Instagram. No, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Stretch 60 seconds, I'll give you
3: that. So Go! Oh, that. oh my, oh my God. goodness! My great. first
2: 30 seconds is going to be recovering <laughs> after that. Okay, so I agree <laughs> with things that Presley is saying that Juwan should start because he is the most efficient in terms of running the offense. But he won't start this week because everyone has been saying turf toe is literally the longest shit to recover from. And if you're trying to go to a bowl game, we're only five games into the season, and you're going to have a way tougher schedule on the back end. So i much rather have, especially against a bad running defense, and this is not the same kind of defense they faced against Florida State because, yeah, Yeah. traditionally, Jawan – or not Jawan, but Malik should have more yards on 17 attempts. But we're not going against, you know, elite five-star interior defensive linemen that can Mm -hmm. literally run sideline to sideline to keep up with him. We're talking about a whole different defense with a whole another you know, normal, Mm -hmm. bring-it-back-down-to-earth level of talent. And so I do think as much as Puma – should start because Mm -hmm. I do think it's still his team I do think he should be the starter I think they understand that if they brought him out to start this game he's probably going to re-aggravate that turf toe and it's going to take him that much longer to recover and they need him on the back half of the schedule
0: if both players were healthy who are you taking I'm taking pass everybody's taking pass I I just
2: don't I think Malik's knee injury the Mm -hmm. way it sounded because he had multiple interviews today Satterfield did um Along with his presser, and from everything I gathered, because I tried to listen to all of them and like, like Jacob said, trying to decipher, piece it together. yeah, yeah. Malik's recovery is progressing much quicker because yeah, the type of injury it is, the type yeah, of, kind of, of injury. It. Because right. Malik has, or because Puma has been throwing the ball for two weeks. Satterfield even said that he's been yep. throwing the ball. He just can't be mobile because they right. don't want to re-aggravate his foot during practice, yep. and he sure as hell is probably going to do it in a game. Yeah, yeah. So we much rather just like. Look, if we can beat BC with Cunningham in game, let's do it to give Malik another week of recovery. Right. And things go south, like if Malik starts, you know, throwing pick the first on the on the first pass or like fumble the first series, like things just go downhill fast. I do think you see either Conley or Pass in a very dire situation. But Satterfield only has really three QBs. He wanted five. He only has three. Two of them have been hurt every other game. And so he's trying to keep them as healthy as possible. And so he's, he's talking about who he's going to put on there, whoever gives him the best chance to win the game. It's also going to be like, I don't want to keep injuring the guy who I think could be the starter long-term. Right.
0: My only concern is I think that you start past because I I do think it's a, a a dire situation. Like I think Mm -hmm. if they, if they lose this game, the season's lost. Yeah. Yeah. And Jacob and I were discussing this before, before we went on and and you vehemently disagree with us, Alex, but, there is Ooh, two and work. ten it two and ten is still in play yeah i, I mean and not agree. to be a debbie downer but like you know even with kentucky having a down season even with syracuse same Syracuse wave, being yeah. down even you know nc state with, yeah you have you know miami we, we saw even clemson struggle against north carolina i'm not saying by any means we're gonna beat clemson but no, this God. is the most winnable game if you Winna- lose this game um all of a sudden you're looking at a season that it's gonna be really tough like Even though there's a lot of confidence and a lot of momentum building, this you have to win this game. Yeah. So for Boston College, it feels the same way. It's
2: almost like FSU and BC flipped, right? Because we were at the beginning of the season, we were talking about, um, especially after like the first couple games, like we were talking about BC looked really good, FSU was flailing. Right. We thought we had a better shot at FSU than we did BC, and then all of a sudden the Kansas game just kind of changed everything.
0: Well, then we realized Virginia Tech is not good. Right.
3: Right. Um, right. So, and, and,
1: and Boston College, is, somehow their their offense is extremely good, but their defense is just so
0: poor that I mean... Which is the most surprising part of it.
1: Yeah, because it's BC. They've always been yeah. so fun-
0: fundamentally sound on defense. Exactly.
2: Yeah. And and so I do think this matchup does bode well because I I think, in my mind, like we do a better job right now on the run defense than, obviously, we're seeing in the past defense. I do think the secondary has to figure it out more, obviously. Sure. Um, I think they have a lot more to progress, but... I think the run defense has come a long way. Yeah. And so that does bode well for us, especially against these two hefty running backs. Uh, Because I think Satterfield said today, like, uh, who's the... A.J. Dillon. Dillon's, like, 250, and his backup's 240. Mm -hmm. Um, So he made a a couple really good points. Like, if we could stunt them in the backfield, and not even, like, tackle them, but, like, have them stop. Like running forward. Stymie them. Yeah, yeah like you have little... to go sideways. Like, oh my God, there's G G clogging this hole. That was the hole I'm supposed to go in. Now I have to like, you know, figure this out. Backtrack. He's he talks about big running backs need a lot of momentum running downfield. Mm-hmm. And so if you can if you can mitigate that, I think he already has the right idea. Obviously, yeah. but in my mind, I think this this game to your point, yes, it's very critical. But I thought. My thoughts on the FSU game almost are like translating to this game. Sure, yeah. If that, if that makes more – Like I thought 100%. the FSU game was like the turning point to where if we don't win that game, season could go downhill. Right. But now we're saying, all right, we got BC at home. We're coming off a bye week. Guys are trying to get healthy. They have yeah. another week to figure things out. That's interesting. I really do think that bodes really, really – like the scenarios. I thought the scenarios would be there for FSU and they weren't. Right. Because FSU – Give them credit; they figured it out a lot quicker than I thought they would on defense.
0: Tell me if you guys believe this. I was listening to one of Boston College's beat writers um, earlier today. Um, he was talking about the weakness of their entire team. He believes is the secondary for Boston College for Boston College, and I was surprised about that. I mean, that, because that, that I, doesn't makes
1: that doesn't that doesn't match up to what the numbers defensively say for their their run defense.
0: Right, and. I wonder if it's just because of their opponents. I'm not sure, but he said he really felt that their secondary was really young, and now it's a weakness that any team could exploit. So it's interesting to me. um,
3: And that's the
2: other point, I think. Malik could actually, as much as he struggled in that FSU game, I think he really could have an opportunity to shine because if he can make a couple of the passes that they need to make, and he he even made one of those against FSU – but if he can make a couple of those passes they need him to make and still be a super dynamic runner, because to Jacob's point, like the the stats show they struggle on their on their rushing defense. Right. So now you're talking about on any given play we could literally do a a wide receiver sweep with two two. Yeah. We could have Malik just take off and, and yeah. bust one, or we could have a traditional like RPO and, and hand it to the running back. So like yeah. we cause a ton of issues in the run and game.
0: I'm gonna go on record and predict this now. Um, I think that UVL scores on a sweet play this, this week. I mean, it's, it's definitely production. on an end around. Here, here's what I want to say. I, I am in the boat of I just don't see
1: Malik Cunningham be the quarterback here because Louisville's running attack is not good when he's the quarterback. Right. The numbers show that. Yep. They ran the ball the way they did against Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky is Western Kentucky, but against a NFL-caliber defensive line, they were absolutely shut down. And Scott Satterfield was like, look, they got three guys up front who are 300 pounds, and they just beat us all mm-hmm. the time. But it was also the mentality in the second half because he said they they literally ran the same
2: plays in the third quarter yeah. run-wise. Right. And and it started finally working. You could, working. Like you could definitely
0: just, see a clear difference between the end of the first quarter and the end of the third quarter yeah. with Hassan Hall and Javion Hawkins Like I, 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 plays. I
2: appreciate the fact Satterfield doesn't give up on the run. You could tell a lot of times like Bobby would give up like mm-hmm. on game plans. If something wasn't working in the first half, he's like, no, just cut it out. We're going to do something totally different in the second right. half. Satterfield... Like, that has to be your bread and butter. So he's like, why would we give up on that? Even if we didn't show any progress in the first half, right. we have to keep well, running and the ball.
1: he said he said this week that they have to they have to do a better job passing the ball, and they know that they have to pass more. And one of our writers, Sean Elliott, made a really good point. He said overall, Louisville has run the ball 183 times this season versus passing just 92 times. That number has to go up. Right. And the reason why I think that number is so low is because Malik Cunningham has been yep. in the game. Yes. He has looked, and the, I'm going to separate the second half. Uh, of that game because he looked like an actual quarterback the second half. Mm-hmm. That first game, that that first half, and even in bits and pieces of the Western game, he looks afraid to throw the football. He does. He won't step into the pocket. He isn't reading the defense. He just runs, yeah. and he's not running anywhere. He and no. we saw this last year. He goes side to side. Yeah. He, Lamar was a north and south runner who was really good he at making people miss. He would find a seam miss. and go. Malik yeah, is a Malik just bounces around a lot of the times, and it really has hurt their ability to be able to run the football. And I give credit to Scott Satterfield for not, not giving up on it, but I think that the thing about Jawan Pass, the why I think he has to be the quarterback is because I, I, w- I want to say that the first two games, a lot of the passing inaccuracies was because of that foot, that mm-hmm. planning foot. It makes it hard to get the accurate throw out. But he made that offense dynamic in both the passing and, throw and running game. In the running game, they couldn't just account for him taking off and running. Like, Jawan would drop back, and he would, you know, on a couple of plays he did take off, but – he when he did when he did drop back he dropped back to throw the football. Malik drops back and he has every intention to run unless yeah. he sees something. Absolutely. And that is not going to work. I, I you know I'm really worried against Boston College because of the fact that yeah and I don't know what Kansas is like. I have no idea what their team is like. I, I really haven't watched a whole lot of Wake Forest, but I know Jamie Newman, who is their quarterback, is really good. But Louisville doesn't have a well-balanced offense right now, no. and they're not running the football well as of the last two games, and to me, the common denominator is Malik Cunningham. Ooh. Maybe maybe he comes back this week, and he builds off of that confidence in the second half of the Florida State game, passing the football, but to me, what I saw was, uh, was somebody who was not willing to throw the football, and you cannot have a quarterback who will not throw the football. You can't. Otherwise, you've got, you've got a running back and quarterback.
2: But, fun fact... Um Kansas's leading rusher in that game. Puka Williams. Uh Khalil Herbert. Oh, okay. So it wasn't Puka. Uh,
1: um Best name in college football. It's a pretty good name. Puka.
2: Averaged seventeen yards a carry against BC. Yeah,
1: their defense is bad. They're they're really bad. They lost a lot of talent off of last year's team, one of them being Zach Allen, who I think got drafted by the Titans. Um, they're they're not a good defense and Louisville can take advantage of it. The thing is they gotta have a quarterback who can throw the football too, because we all know with the running game you have to be able to throw the football. Yeah, or else you are a one dimensional team. Absolutely. And Everyone we saw, knows it's coming. We saw last week in the first half, because we, we had this conversation a couple of weeks prior of well, you know, if if Juwan can't throw the football, just you just need to go at it and understand that you're a one dimensional team and just own that. We, they tried that last week, yeah. uh, two weeks ago against Forest State, and Forest State just blanked them. They yep. really did. They yep. looked they looked like a completely different uh, team in the first half. Like They looked like what we were afraid they might look like with Malik Cunningham. Right. And
2: I, Okay, so like, it, I think that's the bigger question, right? Do you risk starting pass and then re-aggravate his turf
3: toe? Well, I, you're I not going to play him if he's hurt. Like,
2: I'm, I'm just saying, even – to, to your point we have to win this game we right. all we mm-hmm. all agree that the offense is more efficient with Puma mm-hmm. being the QB sure mm-hmm. but we also have heard ev- from every different source this week like how easy it is to re-aggravate this injury sure. right. how long it takes to fully heal from right. this injury and we all know from the sounds of Satterfield multiple press conferences today he knows like Puma's not going to be 100% by, by Saturday like yeah. that, that's why he, was, he kept alluding to, he's like He's like Conley's gotten his arms wearing out because in practice yeah, he's like the yeah. one throwing the right.
0: balls. how much? How much do you think though that that's again just like Florida State? I get it's, it. it. Yeah, it's a bit ha- of a, it's a bit of a mental game when you, you do. have two quarterbacks that are injured. You have to play the. We don't have know. Injured, have to the, we don't have know. To, None of have them are to gonna make be ready. Them, yeah, dude, they like, have I'm, a chance I'm, to I'm, make Boston College, who has a bad defense, as you alluded to? They have to prepare for three different quarterbacks.
2: And I'm hoping Puma's healthier than what he's alluding to. I'm just saying if this is the actual case. You have a game you must win in order to in order to stay bowl eligible. Huh. Well, yeah. but you risk it. In the big picture, yes. But if you do it, starting the guy you start, you risk literally having yeah. Malik be your quarterback for the next foreseeable future against
3: sure.
1: harder,
2: better teams. Yeah. I,
1: I think though, if if the injury was that bad, I think that I think that there wouldn't be the you know right there. There just wouldn't be the he even has a chance of playing. Like he might allude to, yeah, he looks better, but he is been very intentional about saying Jawan can play like he looks like he can play
2: you can't yeah you, but it's going on three weeks now yeah like, with it, that's the, yeah
1: but you had the bye week like it's a complete no it sounded like during
2: yeah. the FSU week it sounded like it was going to be like a one and a half week thing maybe yeah. like it sounded very well and hurt. he had been and,
1: hurt from the whole start of the season right too. and
2: so you just keep kind of having these press conferences and yeah. dragging it out just little bit by little bit and if you do the whole timeline like Good guy, dude. Like yeah. it sounds like he he's just taking a really slow time to progress in terms of his yeah. Foot. I'll and, say this and that worries
1: me. on the quarterback, and then I think we should we can move on and we can talk a little bit about just what needs to improve ahead of Boston College, and then get into predictions. But I think uh, I think you go if you lose this game, which I, I I'm honestly I'm not I'm still not sure on what I'm going to do prediction wise. But if you lose this game and then you come out next week and you lose to Wake um, Forest, yeah, you lose to Wake Forest. I think the following week, I'm all in on Evan Conley. I give him the rest of the season to prove that he's the guy. Why not? If he gets hurt, you have Juwan and Malik there. I think that one thing we know for sure – well, I don't want to say for sure because I think I need to see Juwan healthy for a week or two – Uh, but I think that we we can pretty much say that Juwan and Malik are not the quarterbacks for the future. Juwan's got one more year left. Malik's got two. I think Malik's likely, if he stays at Louisville, going to be playing a different position next year. I think you give Evan a chance to prove that he can be the guy, and what we saw was pretty nice. I mean, I know it was late in the game against Western, but uh, if your season starts to look like you're not going to go bowling, I think you start. uh, Obviously, you want to continue to be competitive. I'm not saying lay down and and give the games away, but Mm. I think that you turn to Evan and you say, look, young fella, show us what you got.
3: Yeah,
0: I mean, and, and the and thing is, never too, know. next year, if the speculation is correct that, that Cunningham could end up playing a different position, you have to have somebody in the fold. Like, what, what if Pass decides he's injured, he doesn't want to go, and he just wants to shut it down, which is a real possibility. He cool. could shut it down, take a red shirt, and transfer and have two years. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that, that option, we talked about this a few yeah. weeks ago. It's, it, it sucks. No it one wants to talk about it, but, but it's, it's, you know— it's Juwan it's may there.
1: never play again for Louisville. I mean, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but yeah, he could he could start
0: Saturday. We don't. Know yeah, that.
1: he yeah, it could be a, he's a, the quarterback for the rest of the season, or it could be you know he plays one more game and says I want to have two years of eligibility and play right away because I graduate. I'm done, and and it would be understandable, and I couldn't blame him for it. But um, in terms of quarterback, I think that Juwan is the guy who gives this team just more. More of the ability to be two two dimensional and running and passing. So, yeah, I want to talk about this article that Sharon wrote this week for over at dot uh, BigRedLouis.com because I think it's a really really interesting article. Um, he talks about the, the the article is the five biggest needs of improvement for Louisville. And I'm going to read these five to you guys, and I just want you to tell me which one you think is the biggest area of improvement that's needed. Limiting penalties late in the game. We saw that obviously against Florida State be a killer. Keeping the playbook diverse. So it just kind of goes along with what we talked about. Being able to run and throw. That's where I got that statistic of they've run the ball 183 times this year versus just 92 passes. Uh, Quarterback play must improve. I think that that one's pretty obvious. Mm -hmm. Um, Other receivers must help Tutu Atwell. Uh, and then finally, the secondary must-win one-on-one matchups. Which one do you guys think is the most important or biggest need of improvement? I think it's
0: a combination between two and four, I think, with, with quarterback play and establishing a second receiver or third receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think those go hand-in-hand. Hand. Again, once they have continuity, like say one Pass comes back and he's healthy and he looks like the player that we thought that he could be, um, there's a very real possibility that he he could finally establish a connection he could finally yeah you know be what this team needs right um so i I don't think you get one without the other um i think that if cunningham's the guy cunningham needs to be the guy but um he we they have to figure out ways to get the ball into the hands of their three playmakers at receiver yeah um and regardless of so i I guess i would lean to the receiver side yeah what do you think alex
2: I think it all starts at continuity with the QB. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. We literally just talked for, what, 15 minutes yeah. about the run game that Louisville has can be great mm-hmm. if it gets set up by proper passing Yeah. and decision-making. And if we had a dollar for every time Satterfield said decision-making and accuracy in his pressers like mm-hmm. we would have way better podcast equipment right mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. so my whole thing is he he knows that's like one of the most critical things i'm i'm excited that i'm excited that we already have two receivers that have had breakout games like i'm really sure. really pumped that dez finally had a great game we were all waiting on it he was poised to have one we probably know he was getting he's probably getting super discouraged i mean like the dude didn't even have like one, one catch. Um,
0: more than gets, like five or ten yards. Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
2: like it was ridiculous. So, and he was still blocking his ass off. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like yeah. he was still putting yeah, forth. He wasn't pouting about any of it, but like he's a, he's a really, really good receiver, and mm-hmm. we need to utilize him. So I would probably go with like we need to find more weapons on offense because we know we have receivers available. Re- receivers are literally like the most dependent, like position on the field. Sure. Right. Like, yeah, just they, to disappoint, you could be a five star athlete, wide receiver, doesn't even matter. Because if the QB is making terrible decisions and never throws the ball to you, no one would ever know. If look the QB at sucks at accuracy. Yeah. And you, you can't catch a pass because everything's three yards over your head.
3: Yeah.
1: Look at uh, you're DJ not gonna Metcalf. Know. I was going to so, say, exactly. Yeah, and I was going to say, look at Juju Smith Schuster last night against uh, the Bengals. He had yeah. three catches. I mean, I know they won the game convincingly, but Mason Rudolph has shown he can't get Juju Smith Schuster the ball. Like, you and Juju Smith Schuster honestly could be a top five receiver in the NFL. But yeah. if you don't have a quarterback they throw you the ball, you're what? You're worthless. You are dependent
2: on that man. And because we don't have that man yet in terms of like continuity, I think that's that's an issue. To to Presley's point, if pass comes out, looks healthy, makes good decisions, mm. makes more than most of his makes more than half of his throws, honestly, especially against B C. Um then that bodes so much better going forward because yeah. that way if he's healthy enough to stay with the ones, mm-hmm. practice with the ones, right. do the reps with the ones, that continuity plays into the game. Yeah. And when you mm-hmm. have QBs – well, which QBs hurt this week? Uh, Okay. They're both hurt. So we're going to start Conley throwing with the ones real quick, and then we're going to throw Malik in there, and then we might have pass, throw a couple passes at the end of practice. Right. Like there's just no QB one for more Mm -hmm. than like a week.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Just to be – for the sake of being different, I'm going to go with the secondary. I think that you can sense the frustration with Scott Satterfield when he talks about just the lack of turnovers. Like, I mean, they have no interceptions. They've got – I haven't looked at the statistics somehow. I don't know how. I haven't done this yet, but I have no idea where they rank in the country. It's got to be last. I mean, there's got to be – like, I'd say there's a handful of programs that don't have picks, but to be – here's why this is such a big deal – When you're talking about Brian Brown, if you do any bit of research on him, the one thing you'll come to see is that his defenses are known for interceptions. I think they were top ten last year. I think they were top fifteen the year before. Like that's what they do. And Mm -hmm. I'm becoming more and more discouraged with the talent at cornerback each week that passes. Uh, And I don't know if that's them not being put in the right position. Like you know, we saw last week against Florida State, they were playing like a like a prevent defense on third and. Like, it makes no sense what they're doing yeah. some of the times. I get the bend but don't break. But um, I thought that that position looked much improved in the first couple of weeks. And it just continues to snowball. No interceptions. No interceptions last week. They gave up a lot of big plays through the air. Blown coverages. And I think that I think that Louisville's defense has shown that they can win you a football game. Like, they can keep you in it and keep you close. Mm-hmm. Um, but the last couple of weeks, the passing defense has been what's really been their Achilles heel. And if they don't start getting some momentum now, I'm worried that that's just going to continue to snowball. I mean, Anthony Brown by no means is a great quarterback for Boston College, but you know the numbers show that this year he's much improved and that he can really hurt you. He's only thrown two picks, both of which were last week. He's a good player. I don't he's, think I don't think Louisville's yeah. going to get a pick this week. Like I don't see it this week. I don't know if it's going to be against Wake Forest because Jamie Newman has been really good. Right. Clemson maybe. Maybe Trevor Lawrence thrown, throws one, he threw two against Georgia Tech, so I don't know. But he I'm threw, just saying he like threw one against Louisville. Yeah, sure. yeah, I think that there's an opportunity for them, they, they just have to start now, and if not, I think that you really worry about that defense just kind of t- you know I kind of falling off towards the end of the season. On an
0: individual basis, to your point, I think Ubal has to be more um, aggressive on an individual basis, going at the ball, um, kind of being more to, more codependent. Yeah. With with their fellow players, you know, if guys are are truly running to the ball, if people are truly in the in a position that they're supposed to be in. Um, then that's when you can take a chance at, at you know, trying to force a fumble yeah. or trying to jump in yeah. front of a rack right. to, he, to grab an interception. So uh, to, to, just to, to your point, you know I think if they go at the game plan with aggression, I think then you're going to see that happen, and then that's when Louisville's offense can really take off. Yeah. Um, that's when you can start scoring more than 30 points a game because you're going to have those added possessions. Well, and you can beat a team that's a high-powered offense or a
1: team that's really good offensively by keeping their defense out on the field. They're right. not getting any help offensively. I mean, Louisville's one of the worst teams in the country right now converting on third down. They're they're not putting themselves in positions to be able to score a lot of points, and they're not being they're not getting any help from the defense by forcing turnovers and giving them new possessions.
2: Well, and to your point, a lot of that. I think also goes back to Malik being the starter because instead of having a run play on second down that could even get you just two yards forward, he rather, you know, like you just talked about, he make he makes half a read, scrambles, and then would get sacked for seven, or eight, of seven, yeah, right. seven or eight yards, and now you're at a long third down situation. And Satterfield said, you know, as much as he loves this team. This team's not built for long third downs. Right. No. Like not they're not close. at all. And no. that's what Malik kept putting them in though. Yeah. Uh, in in situations of just third and longs. Yeah. And it, it it sucks. But my other thing is on the defense in the secondary, there's been a, like what, how many I think there's been like two or three games to where they've had plays to where they should have picked off the ball. Like they it was literally in their hands and they dropped it or something like that. So it's mm. not the fact they can't make Interceptions. I think at this point it's more mental. Yeah. Honestly, it's it's because yeah. if we're talking Impressive about it, about it yeah. if we're talking about it on a yeah, fans you know podcast, right. you sure as hell know that they're talking about it in the in the position rooms. Browns talking about it to his defense, like even yeah. the the linebackers. Right. That's probably on their mind. Right. And I really hope that doesn't consume them because one thing Satterfield said, he didn't mention interceptions really. That specifically He he said more aggressive right. He said I want the secondary To be more aggressive When the ball is in the air Right And that, that's a To me that's a big difference Because you're not just Sitting around waiting yep. To like pick off A pass finally After yep. giving up Big play after big play He's like No 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 We just need them To be naturally More aggressive Because when you're Naturally consistently More aggressive In the secondary Like Brown wants them to be I think that That's when the turnovers Will, will come You can't just You can't just Keep worrying about when's the next opportunity for an interception.
3: Yeah,
1: and they're—I mean—the the interesting thing is they're getting burned um, for big passing plays without being aggressive. They're getting right. burned on plays where they're back off and backed off in coverage, and it's it's kind of concerning. So
2: no, it is because I mean that's the whole—that's how the whole Brian Brown defense works. It's right. predicated off of the being digital. aggressive. Yeah, right. being aggressive and creating opportunities for for turnovers. All
1: right, well, let's jump into predictions. I don't. Did you guys recap? What happened in the Florida State game last week and who yeah. got the points? Okay, so we know. Um, yeah, for for the most part. Okay, so we... we'll, we'll we'll take a re- a recap real quick. Uh, against Florida State, we were I think all incorrect on who won the game. Or no, nope. you you got the point. Correct. You got the yes. point because you picked Florida State. Presley or uh, Alex and I both picked uh, Louisville. Alex got a point for the attendance, which kudos to you, man. Without even having any context to what that number looked Me
0: like. And Jacob are like really into trying to figure I, out yeah, I it remember letting totally the dog wrong. out
2: in the back. I left my phone up in the front of the living room to charge and I come back and just see all caps of you guys. Like saying, prediction You were just literally saying prediction. Alex Alex and I'm like I was like 49,000 I don't know and then I you saw how right. much I, well and then I saw
1: the size of their state like I forgot right. it's first. like an 80,000 seat stadium no it's like or 95
2: something. or something like that so I was like Not even shit like I'm, I'm gonna be way yeah. off on this and then yeah sure enough who knew well
1: we we had a point correction so w- we had not awarded presley a point for a week where he was correct on who won the points. game so now we are I'm 4 for 4 heading four into oh. week 5 week 6 game 5 the score is 5 to 5 alex and i are tied for first place to make alex feel better he is in first place because yeah. his name comes before mine so
2: presley you might be 4-0 oh on points prediction but uh we're tied first over here and uh presley so.
1: has got four points so here's what we're going to do for boston college as always we're going to predict the winner of the game we're going to predict the score and this week we're going to go with the biggest question mark which is who starts a quarterback so alex because your name comes first give me your uh your score and then give me uh who wins obviously and the quarterback
2: all right um hmm. i'm gonna go i'm gonna go like 35 21
0: Louisville. Wow. Wow. 14 points.
2: Yeah. Uh eh, okay. You guys always freak me. Out. We're not we're No, no, 30, no, no, you're good, man. Walk 30, it in, bro. Is 34 24? Is that that's a little more. Sure. We'll I think give you that. 10 10 points seems okay, good. 34 24. And who do you
1: envision being the quarterback?
2: Well, I think the whole time like I went past. I no, think, no, I, think I think Cunningham's going okay. to have to start just due to injury, not because like
0: He's sure. Better, sure. but I okay. think out Based of necessity, on what you've heard, yeah. I think out of injury and necessity, Cunningham starts. Yeah. All right. Me? Yes, you. Sorry, I have to <laughs> lean back
1: over to my my microphone here to be able this to talk. This is into... Presley,
0: um, and my predictions are obviously gospel at this point because I'm the only one who's four and zero. Second. Let's take it to five and zero this week with Louisville getting the victory. Um, as Jacob probably knows, I, actually probably both of you guys know, I'm pretty skeptical about this game. I'm not. I'm very weary about them being favorite in this game. Um, I just, I'm not super, super confident. But I think that due to the fact that they, this is a must-win, and they're coming off a bye week, mm-hmm. and they're coming and off a
2: loss they should have won.
0: I yeah, think that pissed them. There's a lot off.
1: of things that are kind of kid, continuing to show that there so, could be some momentum. I think we're going to see a pissed off Louisville team.
0: Sorry, but my predictions are gospel. Obviously, okay. we're going yep. to five and zero. Oh. Preach. Um, I got Louisville winning 37 to 31. Okay. Nice um, point. and I think it's gonna be a higher scoring game. This often happens God, when people talk shootout about
2: with Boston College.
0: I mean, yeah. that, is 36 six, thirty one a shootout. I mean, last time, so eh, the I last mean, time for Boston us, College played at U of L, it was forty five, forty two, right?
1: Yes, I was there for that game, and I will never forget it.
0: I will never forget that play. The, the the, the, play. Oh man! Chuck I've Wayne never still has got a scar on his face. I've never seen the air or felt the air come out of a stadium like that.
2: Was that the game where weird. he basically threw RG Yes, our yes. Def- Chucky Williams? Yes, as a freshman,
0: he did that. One handed just slung yeah. him to the so, side. And I think that's a big storyline. This is this is Dylan returning to the stadium against the team where he had his breakout game yeah. uh, on national TV. Mm-hmm. Again, Louisville was big time in the spotlight then because Lamar Jackson, as usual, had what, six touchdowns in that game. Like yeah. but Dylan had a ridiculous I mean, nobody even knew his name. Had, I mean, 250 yards probably in that game. Crazy. So basically what you're saying is Anyways. Dylan
2: he ran against Van Gorder's defense every single year. Dylan
0: right. didn't or even every, play every, last year.
1: They had two game. rushers last year go for 100 yards and it wasn't Dylan. Yep, It was uh, David Bailey and uh, the, the kid's last name I think it was like Glines. I can't remember. That's Alex Glines or something. Yeah, that's, yeah.
4: Right. that's even more
0: so.
3: Uh, Anyways, so. Who do you have 30, as the quarterback?
0: 37-31, Louisville. Um, I think Juwan Pass is going to start. I think that there's lots of more than Satterfield will allude to. I think there's lots of mind games and I think there's lots of like, I'm not going to say superstition, but he's not going to say passes the starter until he's officially the starter. But I, I just think that he was close to being ready two weeks ago. Um, I know turf toe, I know shout out to Ross. I listened to him call into Maven um, today and talk about how turf toe is one of the worst injuries he's ever had. But um, God, the
2: toe bending back to the foot. I, oh, did you I listen heard, to that? I heard yeah, that too. Yeah. Anyways, that
0: but was funny. Uh, yeah, I, I, I just think I think Pass is gonna play. Yeah, I do.
2: I hope you're right. I just don't think you are.
0: So this is gonna be a big momentum shifter on, on this week because if I, if I get Pass and I get the closest points and I get the prediction, the win prediction.
2: Look, if Louisville wins, I yeah. don't care who wins this little prediction part. That's I will, true. I will give that – I will secede my points to you yeah. if Louisville can come out with a victory. So Jacob,
1: I'm I'm really torn on this because I look at the schedule for Boston College and they haven't had a game yet where they scored less than 24 points. They, they went 35, 45 – well, actually, I take that back. They scored 24 twice. Uh, but they've shown in three games that they can score 30 points. Louisville has only scored – well, yeah, they've only scored over 35 –
0: Twice, against, but it was against, against FBS opponents. Right, Western and scored, Eastern. Yeah. Against
1: Notre Dame and, and Florida State, it's 17-24. Yeah. I'm going to take Louisville to win this game, and I'm going to take them to win it sloppy. I'm going to go 24-21 uh, Louisville. Uh, and I'm really tempted to say Evan Conley. Like, I really am, because one, it's different than you all, and if I'm right, yeah. to get a point. yeah. I, I just – like, I, I really – think that i can see a scenario where he keeps one guy active but he doesn't start them just to just to have yeah. um but right. i'm gonna go with malik cunningham just because the injury is a little bit less severe he seems to be progressing and if i understood what scott satterfield said which i'm not sure i did but sounded like malik is further along than juan at this point yeah i'm gonna go with malik as the starter but i am not confident in either of those predictions i think there's a good chance Louisville loses and i i hate to say it guys but i I think there's a scenario where Louisville wins only one more game this year, and I think it's one where they steal a game they shouldn't get. And yeah. I, I just, I, I think they're going to be close in a lot of games, but I just don't know if that, they're, if they're putting together full, full performances yet to win football games. I just don't see it. That's the
2: thing, it. though, like when he's preaching about like they're getting, they're consistently improving. Or have we seen? I will say I don't think game three to game four, like from from Western to FSU, I really. And I know that's two totally day and night different teams. Yeah, sure. So that's really hard to gauge, like, sure. the progression of your own team when yeah. you're going up against, like, m- like the whole team is five stars on the other squad. Yeah. But, yeah. But I think with Malik being back there, I think it's tough for the team to progress the way Satterfield wants them right.
1: to. Right. The, the, here's the thing, though. That Western Kentucky game is a completely different game if two things don't happen. One, if they don't force that fumble, if Anthony yeah. Johnson doesn't strip Lucky Jackson and two if Evan Conley doesn't come into the game. Yeah, Malik's not throwing a 65-yard bomb to Tutu Atwell and if that's the case if because for, uh, Western Kentucky looked like they were headed towards scoring on that final drive mm-hmm. before they fumbled. Right. Uh if they score there, that puts them at 28 Going down a touchdown. 31 yeah. I think, because Louisville went up. They won that game 38-21 if I'm not mistaken. Right. That's a completely different ball game and we we may be singing a completely different song here. Um, so and who? then Florida State, they they did look improved. Don't get me wrong, they looked improved. I thought that we saw a lot of fight, like, you know, the 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 kickoff return going back from Robert Hicks blocking the back was could tough. have changed a lot of the momentum that in that tough. game. Yeah. Um, but they fought back. I I I think that there's a lot of reasons why you can think Louisville could win, and there's a lot of reasons why they won. But we'll see. Yeah, right. you you got to
0: consider Florida State to miss three four field goals yeah, last yeah. game. So again, yeah. you know, you could be keep looking the at- Aguayos coming, man. Keep them coming. They yeah. don't do very well. Not here shows. though. Keep them down there. One more thing I got to say before we sure. close this up: If you're a Louisville fan, if you're in the city of Louisville, and you have an opening PSA for three to four hours on Saturday, please go to I the game for you. Come to the game. Two dollar tickets.
1: Oh, the, do we need to? We
2: need, can, need to plug our own stuff.
0: We're
1: going to. Oh, okay.
0: That's where
2: we're going to go to close the show. Yeah. You can. I got worried. Hey man, you let can the host
1: be tickets. the host here. We yeah, got it. Yeah. We got it. No, I'm kidding. Wow. I'm kidding. No, 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 <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. kidding. Yeah, as anyways, you <laughs> anyways, slick back his hair. <laughs> look at that. That's just. Anyways, PSA
0: You've changed. You can find tickets for 10 to 20% of the cost that they're going for. Yeah. Um, please come to the stadium. Come enjoy a nice, beautiful morning. Morning. With the eggs. Noon kickoff. And bacon. 1230 kickoff. Bloody Mary bar. And Bacon but i'm I'm dead serious. I really want people to show up. Sure. I think this this is such a big this is a program defining game. If you yep. win this game, then you go in a, in a three games in a row yep. against ranked teams Whoa. lake Forest, Clemson, Clemson, Virginia yeah that's a gauntlet man like yeah. oh yeah there's for sure a ninety percent chance to go 0 and three in those games yeah I'd say if you're sitting very at two true. and six yeah you're sitting at two and six after at, at that juncture in the season, like you're looking at it just a complete just like. You could have people redshirting and trying to transfer. Like there's all well, kinds of. At this point, they're past that.
1: Most of the team has already played four games, so they're yeah, they're they, in.
0: I, I don't know. There, there there could be a couple. Yeah, of no. In, I'm saying but... in terms
1: of that being able to stop playing and still right. maintain their eligibility for that year is right, that's past for a lot
2: of players. I don't think you're going to see kids jump a ship like that because like, no, the, no, no. I don't think whole, so. Either. The whole expectation before the season started that people forget about was literally three to four games. Yeah. Right, right, and I think but,
0: that's easily still attainable. That's that no, that's, that's definitely in play. But three and two, going into three ranked games, three ranked teams versus two yep. and three, and coming off of two losses. Yeah, to, that gives you
1: the ability to lose two games because you can still go to a bowl at five and seven. Versus if you come out of that two absolutely. and six, you can't lose anymore. You can lose. Sorry, you can lose one more, and you've got to win. You know, you got to win five straight games or and five out of six. I always it's say bowl game. I, think, I just think
0: bowl game is so important in your first season. Yeah. If Satterfield and and the new coaching staff can get a whole month of extra practice, that's yeah. so right. yeah, so important. Yeah, going into next that's, season. That's a good point. All right. So to close the show,
1: we we've I think we've hinted on this on Twitter a few times, and there's not been a whole lot of information to come with it. We are going to be hosting. Well, I shouldn't say we. The company that uh, that. Technically owns and operates Big Red Louie, which is fan sided. It's very similar to the Bleacher Reports and the uh, SB Nations of the of the fan of the sports industry. They are coming into town graciously to host a tailgate for us. Uh, this is a big deal for us. This is an opportunity for us to just kind of get some exposure, and we're we're gonna do some live social media hits, um, and we're gonna we're gonna try to have a good time. We're gonna host the tailgate. We're not sure where yet, uh, but we do know we'll be out there bright and early. Uh, we're going to have food and uh, we're going to have – well, I don't. there's going to be fun. Let's just say that. There'll be I don't fun. know if there will be food left, but there will be fun. Bring your own alcohol. It will be a good time. We want to meet as many people as we can. Um, But stay tuned to Twitter because we will post the information of where we end up. We're still trying to figure that out ourselves. Um, But I'm looking forward to it. Well, even if it's just our crew hanging out, great. But we'd love to meet as many people as we can. I Come hope on, you
2: guys realize, yeah. I'm bringing my own Bloody Mary bar. Yeah. So I am myself content with me. So sure. So no one else decides to show up to our birthday party- You got more party, bloody money. You know what? That's fine. Yeah. I don't Did care. Did you say birthday party? It was a joke. Like oh, okay. like, uh, oh, okay. Oh, you know, uh, okay. I, like, I was like- like the kid that, don't know, that invites yeah, yeah, right. everybody. And nobody yeah. shows up, yeah.
1: which is something I've been very weary of with doing because I don't want to be – I don't want to embarrass ourselves. If we're like, hey, everybody come, and nobody comes. Right. Our expectation is we're going to have a good time with our crew. Regardless. Uh, and, and if people want to meet some cool people, then they'll show up. I was going
0: to say, Ethan's Rolls will be there with a whole pack of Sharpies if yeah. you want to get some signatures from the most famous fan in, in Louisville <laughs> – most Louisville. famous villain in Louisville. Oh, oh, Ooh. I like that. I like that. Coin that. Can't miss that hair. So yeah, no, it's true. Coming out. If you're looking for us, we will have a blue fan-sided tint. Yes. So um, and again, information. We need more to information probably to let them know they need more colors than that. Yeah. Well, you know, but, it's. On. I think it's light blue though.
2: <sighs> that's fine. That's all right.
0: Can't
1: can't get overly picky when people do nice things for you. <laughs> so.
2: I'm going to be upset, and
1: I will be How tweeting this out. How dare you, Blue out. Tint? How dare you? Somebody will show up and be like, Blue Tint's blue,
0: you UK fans. No. What are you going to do?
1: Just yeah. have some Bloody Mary, man. All right, guys. Well, hopefully we're talking about a win next week. Hopefully we're talking about some more basketball commitments. Uh, thank you to to Richard for joining the show. Uh, everybody have a good weekend. Hopefully we see you out at the tailgate. Good cards, baby.